Welcome to... Wait. Are we... What's the episode number at this point? 165, I think. What's no, 164. Welcome to episode <laughs> 164. Of I didn't Island miss Podcast. a week, right? And last week was 163. This is correct. I this can't. Is I don't even keep track anymore. That's just how bad it is. I just it's keep like... the files on my desktop. That's how I know. Oh, yeah. See? Yeah. It's 164, people. 164 of the TryGame.net podcast. Um, Or the Plants vs. Zombies podcast. Uh, Let's see. It is... Yes, the Plants vs. Zombies podcast. It is 1 p.m. on Saturday... February 13th, it is the day before the manufactured bullshit that is known as Valentine's Day, which uh, I, I've already made known my um, displeasure for because it forces people who are in love to, you know, schedule a celebration of their love and people who are single and alone and ugly to sit home and cry. In fact, one of my gr good friends um, is throwing her sixth annual Upshack party. Uh, that That is a... Um, an acronym, U-P-S-H-A-C, which stands for Ugly People Sit Home and Cry. So we are uh, are celebrating anti-Valentine's Day at Upshack, and there will be many beautiful people there who are single. Not ugly, but also ugly people there. So, you know what? If, if you know if you got a loved one, you, you, you give them flowers, and buy them gifts, and take them to dinner and stuff, just make sure that, that you don't do that once a year just to pay Hallmark their bills. I'm done with my ranting. And, uh... So, yes, we have two lovely, and actually, for the first time in a long time, one of the lovely ladies on the podcast is actually sitting no more than 20 feet away from me. Uh, it's Al. Ooh. Yep. Ooh. Uh, I'm probably a little more than 20 feet away. Whatever. I can't do math. Leave me alone. Well, what's the restraining order say? The restraining order says <laughs> a meter. I don't know. No, um, he, Al had to drop off something in Manhattan, and so we are doing the podcast both in my apartment. However, the echo is so bad uh, because we were both loud, well, I'm loud, and, and he's sultry, that uh, <laughs> he had to move over to the living room so that I don't echo on his mic. So basically, it's just like any other episode where we don't see each other, which is kind of sad. It's okay. It's okay. Um, and to my, uh, what's on the map? North, south, east, west. To my right, according to geography, is Pete! Um, hi. Hi, As Pete. somebody who's part of a loving couple, I would just like to say that Austin's stance on Valentine's does not reflect all of TryGames.net's podcast cast stance. It, it it absolutely does not, but I'll tell you this. When I'm in a couple, um, Valentine's Day will be besmirched. Because <laughs> I will be, or whatever the fucking word is, because I believe in, in you know, letting these things be known spontaneously and frequently as opposed to being like, all right, it's that time of the month. Well, Whoa, that I'll sounded tell you wrong. Much. That sounded wrong. Yeah, it might as well be. That's all I have to say. Because uh, if you don't, and you have a girl who is like that, she'll be upset because she is not the. She's the only one that's not partaking in receiving things for Valentine's Day, she or everyone else around her is. Well, she's going to be receiving tons of shit before and after. I agree with you. Yeah, but still, it doesn't matter. You that. can give her. You can give her some every day of the year, but if you don't give her something on February fourteenth, she'll be pissed off. Oh, at you. but she could she could still get something on February fourteenth, but it's not going to be because Hallmark told me to. Oh, okay, good, good. That's the point. Fine. That is my yeah. point. Okay, that well, I agree fine. with that. Fuck you, Hallmark. 
Beach. Fuck you, Hallmark. Fuck you, Hallmark. Fuck you, Hallmark. Fuck. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, but we talk about video games, not love. Well, our love of video games kind of qualifies. So, uh, we're gonna start off as usual with what we've been playing. Oh, fucking zombie. He's playing Plants vs. Zombies. <laughs> no. But you. Can... <laughs> we're gonna be talking about what we've been playing as usual. Then there's some interesting news topics surrounding Crap Division and, and Guitar Hero. And then Pete might have to jump off, but we'll try to attempt to do some kind of let's rebooting on Mega Man. That is a very good rendition of the first Mega Man's boss select stage music. Select stage. Damn right. That's my shit. Okay, so Pete, what are you yeah. playing right now? <laughs> uh, right now I'm playing Plants vs. Zombies. I'm on stage 3-3, three, three, which is the one with the pool in the middle. Um, and... I'm not doing too well, uh, but yeah. So poor Petey. Aww. Why don't I finish the stage and I'll stop playing so I can talk? So why don't one of you talk first? Al, what have you been playing? I finished Mass Effect Two. Nice. On uh, Monday. Nice. Monday the ninth. Uh, no, the eighth. And uh, that was pretty. Actually, no, I didn't finish it on Monday ninth, did I? Who knows? Maybe I think it was on Monday Tuesday. or Tuesday. It might have been Tuesday. Whatever it was, you finished it, and that's pretty fast. Yeah, I for finished it in two weeks. Day, uh, for someone who has a, uh, an eight-hour-a-day job and actually works and practices in a band. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was good because like, I really enjoyed the game. It was very gripping. Like, that at the end, right. it was very emotional for me at times, mm -hmm. and I liked that. Um I finished it, and now um I didn't really get a perfect finish for those who have played through Mass Effect 2, you'll understand, but if you didn't, then you'll find out when you get there, but um, I plan on playing it again, you know, Mass Effect 3 is about to come out, and I'll get my thing ready so that it'll be just right. I also played a little bit of Dissidia, but I'm putting it on hold because I find myself not really doing anything to progress the game. Right. So I'm just gonna like not play. Like right now, like, I find myself like just turning on the game and getting Mogmail and then uh, turning it off. And oh, I don't there's a do Mogmail system in that. I totally forgot. Yeah, like every time you sign into the game, like once a day, they give you mail for some random stupid shit, and they give you PP so that you can PP, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> so that you can buy uh, some shit in the PP store and PP store. Anyway, um. I am now playing Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks, which I haven't oh, really played nice. much of, but um, I have gotten like through maybe the first 20 minutes of the game. You finished the first DS one, right? I did, yes. Okay, just checking. I don't remember what happened at the end, and it's weird because like the opening portion of the game, like when you turn it on and the title screen comes on, mm -hmm. uh, Link's driving a train, and there's a ghost of Zelda flying around it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And um, then I started the game, and you start off in some town, and you're supposed to go to the Hyrule Castle for a ceremony to commemorate, or not to commemorate, but to actually become an official train engineer. Nice. And <laughs> Zelda gives you the, uh, she, she dubs you train engineer, and you have this train outfit on and everything. It's really cool. Um, then you get in the train, and you actually learn how to drive the train, and you go to Hyrule Castle. When you go to Hyrule Castle... You speak to Zelda, and she, uh, it's like she kind of looks at you like she knows who you are, but 
technically, you know, the Legend of Zelda is actually a yeah. story of just like random people. Yeah. And it's actually not uh like the same Link every time. So this is actually like a completely different kid who just looks like Link. And right. I just call every single kid Link anyway. This just <laughs> takes place apparently in <laughs> it takes place in some land that was like created by ancients. No, uh, it was created by ancients, and there was a demon who attacked the ancients, and they bound his spirit to the land and chained him. And the chains are actually the train tracks. Oh. And that's where the spirit tracks come from. That shit is sick. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> that was, that's all like in the intro. That's what you learn when you first turn on the game. Uh-huh. Um, then Zelda wants you to help her for something. I don't remember what it was. Dude, I she's think fucking she... needy as hell. No yeah, I mean, she her. like wants to, <laughs> she like wants to escape the castle or some shit. I forget why. And the chancellor is all concerned about the spirit tracks, it's but just she like doesn't want to have anything she, to do with she that. She wants to get out and live. Pretty much. Uh, so she gives you an outfit that looks just like the guards' outfits in Hyrule, and lo and behold, it's your green like fairy suit. Oh, like okay, all right. the guys are wearing green suits with hats, it's but like, it shoot. just so happens to be something that I've worn every single game. Yeah. What do you mean game? I don't know. <laughs> So that's where I am in that, and um, I went on a little bit of a demo romp, uh, but before I went on my demo romp, which was this morning, I played a little bit of Critter Crunch, because I bought that a couple of weeks ago, but I never really started it. PS3? PS3. Okay. Because <clears throat> I know, I think that's an iPhone game as well. Yeah, it came from an iPhone game. Oh, okay. And uh, the game is actually really fun. It's, you know, a nice little drop puzzle game where you have to, well, not, it's not a drop puzzle game. And not like Tetris or anything. Right. Um, you have to eat bugs, and the bugs go in hierarchy. Uh, they're called critters. Yeah. But there's uh, small bugs, medium-sized bugs, and large bugs. And if you eat a little bug, you spit it back out to a medium-sized bug, that medium-sized bug will eat the little bug and then become full. And if you feed it a second one, it'll blow up. And anyone's nearby will blow up in a chain. Uh if you feed a large bug, a medium bug that's full with a small bug, it does the same thing. Okay. And if you feed a large bug to medium bugs, it does the same thing. And then there's this food chain thing where if you feed a uh, a small bug to a medium bug and there's a large bug behind it, they'll all get sucked up together and explode. It's really okay. cool. Um, and then they teach you how to play the game. And then there's uh, a puzzle mode where you have to clear the the entire grid or the the level in a certain number of moves. And then there's a challenge mode, which I haven't actually gotten to any examples of that yet. Right. Uh, that game is pretty fun. So so as opposed to drop puzzle, it's more like um, it's got elements of, you know, shit's dropping down. Right, oh, that sounds because so um, th- that's how you lose, like if the, the critters get all the way down to right. the bottom. But it's not like it's Tetris. Right. Okay, gotcha. Um, it, it's a very weird game, like, in terms of how they tell the story to you and the things that you do, because your character is Biggs, and he has a son called Smalls, <laughs> so and Big, what happens Biggie is... Smalls is the illest. <laughs> what happens is, if you get an eight, uh, critter combo, with, like, if you explode eight critters all at the same time, mm-hmm. um, Smalls comes out. And he has his mouth open, and you're supposed to barf into his mouth. And oh. barf rain- yeah, I know. It sounds very nasty, but you barf rainbows. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> so now you see how weird this game is. So you, you barf rainbows into your son's mouth to feed him. And it, 
It's, wow. Sure. That's the end of that one. But when you uh, explode the critters, they actually turn into jewels. And that they actually tie that into the story because the whole story is like this guy is doing like a, a nature show. And he's trying to explore the land of wherever these creatures are and their ecosystem. Uh-huh. And with rainbows. The, they, huh? With rainbows. Well, the rainbows come out of big smoke, but I'm not going. I know. <laughs> so, um, they did research on the critters and they found out that the critters inside is just a big ass jewel. Oh. Like they don't have organs or anything. It's just a fucking jewel with a, uh, with a shell of a, a critter, which is extremely weird to me. They are bejeweled. Ha, the, ha. That's kind of like, <laughs> that's kind of like how weird the story is. Um, but aside from Critter Crunch, that's fucked up. I, also played some demos. Mm-hmm. I played the demo of Mountain Blade because that is on the Steam weekend deal, and I said, "Hmm, I've never heard of this game. Let me see what it's like." And I hate it. It sucks. <laughs> like I, I want to see how this is. I hate it. Yeah. Um. I managed to I go through the tutorial, and the tutorial is just like you run around with a shield, and you have to block this guy who's wielding a mace, and he's, like, wildly swinging his mace at you, and he block, like, ten times, something like that. <laughs> then you go into another room, and the guy with a bow and arrow is shooting bow... He's shooting arrows at you, and you have to block, like, ten of those. So after you block those, then you go into another room, pick up a sword, go up to the top of the rafters where the bow and arrow guy is. He's also called an archer, right? Um, you go the up to the archer. <laughs> you go up, to, you go up to the archer and you kill him, right? And then you go back down the stairs. What do you call defending and you have the castle to get your guys? Soldiers, quote unquote, rev- huh? I said, what do you call defending the castle guys? Soldiers, guards, something like that. I I don't know. They they're guys who defend the castle. Okay. But you go back downstairs and you uh have to kill the mace man. But the mace man swings so fast that man. you can't swing back at him. <laughs> And so he wanted to break in your shield and kill you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's when I removed it from my computer and went on to better <laughs> You're like, fuck this, enough of that. Yeah. So um, my demo romp basically consisted of God of War 3 because uh-huh. I um, bought the God of War collection and it comes with a key to get the E3 demo for God of War uh-huh. 3. And that shit is fucking off the hook. That's just unbelievable. I went through the demo early this morning, and the graphics are just they're crazy. Before you go on, did you know that I think they're including the demo for that in Avatar's Blu-ray? Yes, I believe they are. <laughs> That's so weird. That's anyway, just crazy. Go on. Um, so the the graphics are really sharp and really detailed. And just like every other God of War, it starts out with like half of Kratos' face in the in the frame, right, uh, on the starting screen, and then it start it zooms it out to where, where the game actually standing. like begins right there and right. shit. And it's it, the basically the the scenario is that Helios is attacking a a Titan. I don't know who the Titan is. It's like made of fire mm-hmm. or molten or whatever, but they're having it like. The Titans sieging this area, and Helios is riding on his horses and shit, attacking you and him for some odd ass reason. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I am Helios, blah blah blah." And <laughs> he says, "Blah blah blah," <laughs> pretty much. Um, and then like, you, blah, you know, blah, blah. you 
you do your normal thing. You attack the shit out of all these guys who come around. And I played around with the um, the bulldoze mode where, well, they call it battering ram. Where you grab somebody and then you just run with them into all the other enemies. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. That is fucking hot. It's, it's just great. It's, it's exhilarating to watch. And you, you're, like, really in it when there's a whole bunch of guys around and you just, like, knock the shit out of them it, and you like, yeah. throw them around. Um, the, the game is brutal like crazy. I mean, the, the grabs are just absolutely insane and the, the effects, the special effects when you're attacking are just ten times more holy shit. <laughs> uh, then um, can, can we petition to have that be an adjective in, in the new dictionary? Holy shit! We we do. We need to have that in the dictionary uh, as a verb. Yo, or this, an adjective. These or pancakes were so holy shit. Yeah, exactly an adjective. That's what it's adjective. Yeah. So um, the stuff that really kind of got me was uh, that you fight a centaur, a huge ass centaur, mm-hmm. and you pretty much gut that motherfucker, and um. Then you actually <clears throat> ground Helios, and you rip his head off. Yeah, I've seen that part. That shit was crazy. I was like, oh my god, this is a fucking god. You, like, ripped his head off. <laughs> and then you used his head as an item. And you use his head as an item. Basically, Helios can uh, illuminate dark passages and, like, see the secrets behind walls and stuff like that. But By the, doing the, what? <laughs> Oh, well, basically, by screaming, <laughs> you pull his head out, <laughs> and then, yeah, when you, when you, uh, hold R1 to actually use the head, he goes, ah! <laughs> and, and when he, he screams out light, I, I yeah, he screams out light. <laughs> and, oh, uh, God. then, uh, after you go through another section, after you beat Helios, then, um, you fight a Cyclops, and you control the Cyclops. And you run into all these enemies, like, attacking them and stuff. Uh, actually, that happens before you, you defeat Helios, because all these guys are guarding Helios, and you fight the Cyclops, and then, uh, you actually, like, at, after you knock out the, the, the guard, like, a whole bunch of guys with shields come out, and they stand over Helios. Uh-huh. You knock that out, and then you hit the other guys who are rushing towards you, and you get, I think, the Cyclops to a critical level. Then you go through the kill of the Cyclops, which involves ripping his eye out, right? As usual. Right, of course. But when you rip his eye out, it's got the whole, like, tail on it and everything. It's just absolutely nuts. <laughs> the retina? No, well, does the retina, is the retina the thing that has the, you know, the little tail on the eye? Yeah, yeah. The cord? Yeah, that's the ocular cord, I guess you would call it. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a fucking doctor. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what am I, a doctor? <laughs> So, um, yeah, and then at the end, you go through a little flying sequence with the Icarus wings, and it's kind of like a, you know, dodge obstacles. I died on that quite a few times, but then um, I didn't realize that that was the end of the demo. After you finish that part, then he converges upon the Titan, and he, like, attacks his face or something like that, but it shuts off right before it, they make contact, and it says, God of War 3, 2010, blah, blah, <laughs> And then um, I, I guess we... I, I'll begin the discussion on it, Pete. Sure. But yeah, the other no. demo I played was the Heavy Rain demo. Word. And um, Word, son. Word. Yeah, Heavy Rain, I'm interested in that now. The, after just knowing what it's about, because I completely ignored everything about Heavy Rain, thinking, uh, what what the hell kind of game is this? I don't really care. Did you play Indigo so, Prophecy, Al? No, I have it on my computer. Okay. I downloaded it um, on Steam over the holiday. Yeah, I would recommend playing that before That's a good game. 
Heavy Rain comes out because I have a feeling that like it'll be hard if if you play Heavy Rain and then they're like, wow, I like what these guys have done, and then try to go back to their older games, uh, especially in Go Prophecy, you probably won't like the system as much because obviously right. Heavy Rain is a much more refined system of what they were working with in Go <coughs> Prophecy. So mm. I would say. Blast through Indigo Prophecy sometime in the next month if you can. It's actually kind of short if you just like if you just go, um, like just sit down and play it. It's not really that long of a game. Uh, okay, but is uh, it as long as Mass Effect? Mass Effect. It took me forty six <laughs> hours to beat. Hell no. Uh, you can definitely beat Indigo Prophecy probably in I'd say six hours or less. Maybe. maybe. Oh well, then that would be like a day or two. Yep. <laughs> may, it may be longer your first. Like I know my second time, I think it was like six to eight hours. My first yeah. time may have been a bit longer, but. Though, mm-hmm. though, I do believe that multiple playthroughs, you can have some different results, correct? Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. I haven't, I haven't beaten it yet, so but I don't know. I don't want to get too into details on that, because Al's right. going to play it at some point. But there are, right. like, three different endings. But it, it's, yeah, just, just play. It's yeah. Okay. It's, that yeah should also be an adjective in the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. All right. Um, oh, yeah. Before I start talking about Heavy Rain, though, um, I did forget there is my new main game that I'm playing, which is Final Fantasy XII. I started that on Wednesday, and I have uh, about four, four and a half hours put into it now. And I I really don't feel like talking about it. I just wanted to mention I played it because I haven't gotten to anything that I'm not familiar with. Okay. Um, And the the game actually doesn't look so bad. For some odd reason, maybe I was playing it through... um, some other kind of wires or something, but I was playing it on my TV, and I said, this game looks like shit! Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and it doesn't look like shit anymore, so I don't know what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with me. Uh, so, back to heaven. Fur- I was going to say, once you get further in the out, you have to let me know if it's worth playing in the, you know, pantheon of Final Fantasy games, because I played it for, like, maybe an hour and a half one time, and it just never okay. gripped me enough to keep playing. Like, all the other Final Fantasy games, even Final Fantasy VIII, when I first played it and didn't like it, I still was gripped enough to keep like playing through it, like. But for some reason, Final Fantasy twelve, like, I don't know. I got you said you've been playing about four and a half hours, so I'm sure you got out of the first town area, um, which uh, I made it to there yeah. where you go out the first gate and you're like about to go out into I guess the wild or whatever to start doing some fighting, and like I just kind of stopped then and I never really picked it back up, and I just so you you didn't even beat the tomato. No, you I didn't, didn't even beat the tomato. I actually didn't. That, I remember that because that's the quest, the thing I was sent on or whatever. And uh, right. yeah, I went outside the gate and I didn't go actually fight any tomatoes. Um, <laughs> Did you fight anything? Did you fight cactus or uh, a wolf or anything? I'm sure I went out and fought something. I don't know. You like, I don't remember because it was a while ago. Um, you didn't even save. <laughs> what, what's that? No, I said uh, you went out there and fought something and you said, this game sucks. And you went, dude, and turned well, it off. It wasn't really that. It was save. just... I think because I I did it all in one session, so I'd gone through all the town stuff and like talking to everybody and everything, and like I just when I went outside, I was like maybe I like I said maybe I fought something I don't remember, but I know I pr- saved shortly after going outside the gate, and mm-hmm. I was just turned it off for then, and I never never felt compelled to go back and pick it up again. Oh, you own it? Uh, well, no, at that point I did, but I don't have it anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. Sad. No problem. It's a so problem. back to heavy rain. I thought um, you said heavy rain, rain for a second. A game huh? that is very compelling. Oh, Best God. word ever. What a cliche review. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Heavy Rain is weird to me. And the reason why I say that is because I felt like I didn't really know what I was doing or whether what I was doing was right. But being that it was a demo, it didn't really matter. 
But uh, the the demo goes as such: it's a tutorial where you, they basically teach you how to use the game, how to play the game, and then there is a scene where you play as a private detective, uh, going into some like sleazy hotel, and you get information. And then there's another scene where you're at a crime scene, and you are actually like kind of information gathering from the environment. Mm-hmm. And then they show a trailer for the game. <laughs> can uh, I go a little more in depth on the things you just said? Sure, you can do that. Well, I just want to say with the uh, you can you, try <laughs> the tutorial is uh, like specifically meant to show you their you know their control system, which is uh, I don't want to say unique, but it's it is unique. It's unconventional. It's, yes, from what I've seen, it, I mean it's unique in the uh, in okay, it's. <laughs> It's not entirely unique <laughs> breathe, because it's what breathe. it's what they've done before, but it's a refinement on it. But it's unique, kind of for the PlayStation controller, um, and it's it's weird because uh, like the, with the with the um, the movement, it's very tank like controls. You know, you you hold right. down a button to walk and uh, aiming where you want to go, which has been done in other games before. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really a fan of that movement, but the actual the interacting portion of the game is where it becomes you know sort of unique because that's when you're like. You're pushing buttons to correspond with uh, gestures. N- gestures, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so that's the tutorial part getting you through there. And then the first part, this is for people who may have been following information. Because like you said, you really didn't know anything about the game. So right. for people who have been following any information uh, may already be familiar with some of these characters. The first part, you're playing as Detective Shelby, who is an older, uh, like, I-, I guess middle-aged or older or whatever, uh, detective. Yeah. Um, He's really that like kind of grizzled old detective stereotype kind of guy, um, but uh, yeah, like you said, he's going to a, a sleazy place. He's going actually visiting a hooker, <laughs> yeah, uh, for lack of a better word, to uh, get information from her regarding the uh, the central storyline of the game, which is surrounding. The- I hope uh, this isn't spoiler for anybody, but this is in all their marketing stuff and in the demo. So yeah, uh, it's on the freaking box. Yeah, like you, it, it, he's getting information. It's on the freaking box. And um, so there you get the experience of uh, like actually talking with somebody, um, going through a dialogue tree with somebody, and then uh, we'll get to it in a second. But then you also get the action scene segment. And then the next scene is with I can't remember the guy's name, but he's the uh, FBI agent who has like the the. Um, yeah, I think it was Jared something. Tommy Lee Jones. No, it's uh I can't remember his name. It's not Jared. It's something a little bit weird. Um, mm-hmm. but uh he's the. He's I remember got Lieutenant the, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's the guy who you talked to. I remember Lieutenant yeah. Blake too. Uh, he's got the uh, infrared. I don't. It's not really infrared, but I, I that's am probably Lieutenant Blake. It's probably the best way to describe it. He's got like some sort of infrared system where it uh like will scan the area. Again, this is stuff that was shown in a lot of marketing marketing stuff for the game. So people who may not have tried the demo but may be familiar with it will at least maybe be able to contextualize the scenes we're talking about. Right. Um, and then I didn't actually make it to the trailer because I got a demo crashing bug, which I'll talk oh. about later. Oh, uh, I had a demo crashing bug in uh, God of War Three. Oh you? shit. Yeah, it didn't load the next part. Um, where the I, I was at the part where the centaur was supposed to come out, and the centaur never came out, but the music kept <laughs> looping. Like it was like dun 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 I'm like, why is it doing that? They're dead. And then you, they're all dead. Pretty much, it was like that. And then I was running around the area, and you see Helios flying around in a circle, and he's flying around the the Titan, and I'm like, what? There's nothing else to do. And then I tried to. I tried to um, exit the game and go back, and it wouldn't load up. 
but it, I was downloading Heavy Rain, so I think I might have had something to do with it. Ah, multitasker. Well, let's talk about the things individually then. Like, first, I want to talk to you about the controls because, like, you said it is for you, it's unique and stuff. I've definitely seen similar control schemes in other games. Um, mm-hmm. Not like I said, not the interaction stuff, but like the specifically the movement stuff. Um, See, the and- movement I wouldn't qualify as unique. I mean, yeah, the movement is kind of weird that you actually have to hold the button to walk, and then you navigate yourself with the stick. But I was Did more you? speaking along the lines of, you know, using the right stick to do things with uh, right. the person's articles of clothing or uh, equipment that's on them and stuff. And I, I thought that that was really cool. Did you find it weird with the movement that instead of, like, using the stick to orientate yourself on, like, a 360 axis and then move forward, like, you kind of held the button and then pushed in the direction? Like, so, like, okay, in the beginning of this tutorial, you're walking down this alley. Mm-hmm. So to walk straight ahead, you would hold down the R2 button and start walking, and you'd push straight ahead. If you want to turn to the left, you turn to the left. Uh, if you push like backwards or whatever, then you would your bot, your whole person would spin around and start walking backwards. Um, as opposed to like for me, I don't know why, but for me, I kept thinking that instead, like to turn around or to walk a certain direction, I would have to hold in the direction. Like say I wanted to walk like just slightly off. Like, if I was walking forward and I wanted to veer off slightly to the right, I would think I'd have to hold down, hold to the right to get myself to start turning on an axis, and I would keep walking forward. You know what I mean? Like, I'd keep right. that momentum. But instead, mm-hmm. I'll just jerk over and start tur- walking to the right. Um, right. So that was very jarring for me, and it made actual the movement part a little bit <sighs> awkward and uh, unintuitive and not very good for me. I mean, did you find that to be a problem, or were you able to just get a hold of it uh, really easy? I had a different experience, actually. Uh, <clears throat> my experience was thinking that all you had to do was just angle the controller in the direction that you wanted to walk, and then they would walk. But then I found myself constantly having to angle the direction, uh, the, the stick, in just constantly in that direction to get them to walk that way, because I guess when the stick snapped back, it would kind of uh angle the character a little off to the left or right so if i wanted to walk straight and i just hit up or something like that he would start to walk toward that up direction but then when i let go of the stick he would move a little to the left also so then he would be angle you know walking in the uh, up and left direction and then i kept hitting like up 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 and it would go up left up right up left up right and then i said wait a minute I probably don't even have to do it like this. So then I held the stick in the direction that I wanted him to walk, and it was perfectly fine. So I, I didn't think that it was more of like turning on an axis type of thing, but um, I thought it was more of, you know, angle the controller in the direction that you want him to go. But since you're holding R2, you don't have to hold it. But it's better if you hold it. Yeah. See, I guess I just like, because as soon as it started, I felt like it, I like, it was just like, oh, great, it's tank control. So I think my mind immediately went to Resident Evil. Oh, mm-hmm. Where you that, turn that, on Axis. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, by the time we got, I, by the time the, uh, the, the FBI guy scene came around, I got a hold of the movement. Um, so uh, let's just talk about the first scene, uh, then, uh, well, the uh, Detective Shelby scene. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, how did it play out for you? What did you end up doing? Uh, I asked a couple of questions and then I left and he had an asthma attack and <laughs> I found <laughs> oh, alright let me begin with the in the tutorial you, you start with Detective Shelby and you are walking down a dark alley 
and they teach you how to kind of like shimmy past a uh a, a dumpster that's kind of like a really tight space between the dumpster and the wall and you have to hold various buttons like a square and then x and then r2 and then l1 and you like hold those buttons in sequence in order to get through that area and then he gets to this point where you um press a button i think it's r1 and you get to hear what the person's thinking. And he's talking about his asthma. His asthma's messing up in the rain. So then you do a right stick gesture to pull out the asthma pump from your pocket. And you shake the controller to shake the asthma pump. Oh, that's cool. And then you press R1 to take a, a, a hit of the asthma pump. And I thought that that was really nice. Because it really kind of reflects what you would do. You You kind of, you know, if you're going to... Pull back your trench coat and go into your pocket. The right stick kind of, you know, goes to the right and then rolls down to the down portion of the stick. Then you shake it. And uh, I think you angle the right stick up to bring up your arm. And if you were to do that with your hand, with the control in your hand, you would kind of look like you were putting an asthma pump to your head because your have the your finger would be sticking up and your thumb would be kind of angling up, pushing up against something. And then you press R1, which simulates pushing the uh, the medicine. So when you go into the hotel and you talk to the girl, and she kind of like refuses you in the beginning, and I, I kind of did some things like not really caring what would happen. So I kind of used the, uh, the compassionate route, and she didn't care. Then I went and used the trick option where he was basically like, oh, well, we'll just let a whole bunch of other mothers lose their sons because she basically her son got killed by an origami killer. Oh, and okay. you're trying to get information and he leads on that. And you go, let, we'll let some other mothers lose their sons. It doesn't matter because like you already experienced everything. it. Right. And then that works. So then she started ask, answering some questions. But mind you, she has this like 10 minute thing. It's like you go in there, she just put the money on the table and you have 10 minutes. And when the alarm goes off, that's it. And then he's like, I'm not trying well, to. What would you like? This is what's on the menu. Yeah, she was like, uh, you know, I don't do. I, she said, I don't kiss and I don't do any weird stuff. And then he goes, I, I'm not here for that. I'm here for information. Right. And she thought that he was a cop at first. So then I asked him, asked her some questions, and there were still options left, but the alarm went off. So I guess right. you only are allowed to answer a couple of, you know, get a little bit of information, which is really cool because that's how it would kind of be in real life. So then she goes, 10 minutes is up, got to go. And then right. you leave your number, uh, leave your card down on the table. And I think that that's even an option too. I'm not sure. Um, yep. It is, right? Yeah, like you, you can not, you can choose to not do that. You can like, as far as I can tell, you can like choose to not do anything in that scene if you wanted to. You could just like walk out. I mean, I didn't, you said, it sounds like you went through it the same way I did. And I do mm-hmm. want to try the demo again and see what other outcomes you can get. Because, like, I mean, according to the developers, the scenes can play out drastically differently depending how you choose. Um, right. So, I mean, I, as far as I can tell, yeah, I think you can just either, like, you can just not do anything and walk out of the apartment if you want. Um, <laughs> Fuck you, but, uh, bitch. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it sounds wait, like you basically a, did the exact same stuff I did. Do a renegade yeah. interrupt. <laughs> so, um, yeah, pretty much. So... After the um, after the conversation, I left, and this other guy walked past me. And at this point, the Shelby has uh, an asthma attack. He's like, <laughs> right, 
And what's really cool is that he's frantically searching for his um his asthma pump. And they give you all these different directions that you have to angle the right stick. So you're looking for the asthma pump. So you like press right. up, and he looks in his top pocket. And he press right, he looks in his right pocket. He press left, and he looks in his left pocket, and then he finds it. And then he's like fumbling with it, and you have to kind of shake. And you shake it, and then you kind of put it to your head, and you have to keep hitting the button. And it's not coming out. <laughs> so you're pressing R1, 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 Come and on, then he kind of gets fix. I need my fix. And, um... So then you do that, and then this guy is like knocking on the door, but she doesn't want him to come in, and he barges in, and you hear her screaming, and I'm like, "Wow, I have the option to just leave if I fucking want, but I'm gonna <laughs> turn around and I'm gonna go find out what's going on." So you knock on the door, and nothing happens. You knock on the door again, and the guy goes, "Uh, the guy basically blows you off, closes the door, and then you have the option, I think, to knock on the door again, but you, I shook the uh the controller and I kicked kick the door, the door. In. nice, yeah." And then I went to this rumble with the guy, and it was like a crazy fight because it was all quick time stuff. Right. But the quick time stuff would, it, 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 you know, the game would continue if you missed something and you would get yeah, hurt. Yeah, which was so awesome. That was awesome. Like, I missed a couple of events because I couldn't, there were some things that I didn't um, get right at first. Like, right. uh, I, I didn't know about some of the re- repeated taps. Like, I would press the button thinking, okay, that's what, you know, they're asking for. But then he would continue to pulsate. Right. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I didn't press it enough. So then he got hit at that one time or whatever. And I missed a button. And then I, the guy, like, throw a chair. And, like, I, he, it hits me. And then i beating the shit out of him. He's beating the shit out of me. And you go through all these different things. And it was a really long fight. And then I wound up beating him. And he was like, oh, I'll remember this. And then he, like, walked out. And then the girl thanked you. And he says, anytime you need me, give me a call. And then he's like stumbling out of the apartment. So I guess I got hit a little bit too much. Right. One of the things about, uh, I'm sorry, I just wanted to, it was Mm -hmm. very interesting that you noted about the quick time events. Because one thing that me personally that I noted about Indigo Prophecy when I played it is the quick time events don't sit there to serve to say, oh, you failed, game over. They they, They serve to say, you messed this up and here are the consequences of your actions as they impact the game further. Right. Yep. So some, I think sometimes you got a game over, but n- I, I can't remember correctly because yeah, of, you could get game overs in uh, in Indigo right. Prophecy, right. but it wasn't like too much. it wasn't like always an automatic fail, basically. Right. And th- that's right. the thing. That's one of the brilliant things about Heavy Rain is that they're making it so that even if there's no game over at all, like even if you were to completely screw up that scene, like who knows what could happen if you completely right. screw up? Maybe the guy actually kills you. Who knows? Because at one point he breaks a bottle off the thing and he's like trying. Yeah. To you. Right. So you know. And theoret- there's four characters throughout the game and that you, like, rotate throughout the game, and one character can die, and the game will continue. Um, and if all four characters die, then I guess you get a specific ending. Uh, mm-hmm. But your ending can change depending on who's still alive at the end and what those characters have done. Uh-huh. So this may be the first actual game where I will actually just accept the consequences of whatever happens during a scene and keep going. Right, right. True. You know, see, speaking of accepting the consequences, that's that's what I did sort of uh at the end of Mass Effect two, because at the end of Mass Effect two there Careful. are <laughs> I know. Uh, there are consequences to your actions. Well, alright. If you don't know, I mean it's basically the basic premise of Mass Effect two that It's been on yeah, go, go you're, ahead. You're going into a suicide mission. And not everybody's gonna survive if you don't do things right. Are you talking about Mass Effect two or Mass Effect one? Okay, because like that's kind of the same thing in Mass Effect One. 
Right, but in Mass Effect 1, um, like, you kind of determine the fates of other people, but your own crew isn't necessarily affected. I mean, there's, there's a certain situation where your crew is affected, but in Mass Effect 2, it's really just all your crew. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to no man's land, and technically, if you played it badly enough, nobody would make it out. You know, that kind of thing. Or, right, right. actually, it, it's not nobody, it's you <laughs> may not make it out. Uh, <clears throat> anyhow, um, I, that game, I did a lot of, you know, accepting the consequences of my actions, and I may consider keeping my file, but I might not at the same time, because I feel like, yeah, I, I did some things wrong, but, I could really just go through it again and just do it all right. Right. But who knows? You know, Mass Effect 3 is probably going to be, like, the the most variant game. Like, it's going to change for so many different people because of what they did in the first two games. Right. I'll be interested. I'm uh, done. I'll be interested <laughs> in seeing how that plays out just because I've listened to a whole bunch of podcasts on, on, on Mass Effect 2, uh, which mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't be, but... Podcasts. <laughs> Tip podcasts! Um, and, well. it's, just, it's just one of those things that are so wildly variable in this universe that they've created. It's not like, you know what, I'm going to stop now in, in case no one else has listened to anything at all. Yeah, I've been avoiding I'm gonna stop listening now. to podcasts that specifically talk about Mass yeah. Effect 2. Like, I'll stop listening to episodes if they start talking about it. So Right. Um, but uh, back to Heavy Rain, let's just finish up the discussion on that real mm-hmm. quick because uh, the next scene is uh, the one with the FBI agent. And, right. Uh, uh, he's out in the rain and you're, like, you're basically at the scene of a crime from... <laughs> from the origami killer and you're uh, there to, Sorry. to meet uh, Lieutenant Blake who's I guess in charge of the, the crime scene investigation there so uh, you you basically I mean I don't know what you did but like I just went right to the right underneath the tape and went right to the cops and asked for I mean he put his glasses on right away the infrared thing or whatever it is I don't know what the actual system is it's, I think it's called ARI or something like that yeah but uh, I don't know what Ari. that is what's that he calls it Ari yeah, I don't know what the actual what that acronym stands for. Like, uh, but Five anyway, out in the game. Yeah, so it in best like I said, the best way to describe it is like as an infrared system where it's like it, he can see uh, DNA stuff on the ground or footsteps or things like that um, that get highlighted really bright. Uh, so it's it's kind of just a gamey mechanic type thing uh, to help you investigate the scenes. But I mean, it works. So I went right in and I mm-hmm. found tech. What? He said, uh-huh. "No, I'm agreeing." Oh, okay. I was agreeing with your face. I thought you were interrupting, like, <clears throat> <laughs> so I went right in and I found Lieutenant Blake or whatever, and I uh, talked with him about the uh, scene of the crime. And uh, you, again, you only get a few. Uh, you can't ask him everything that like is is presented as options to talk about. So right. I asked him about, uh, you know, like I think I think things like uh, time of death. Uh, why are all these cops here? They're trampling the uh, the scene and things like that. And then. Uh, after you're done questioning him, he he just kind of cuts you off and says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go head over. Or I'm gonna leave or whatever, and you come find me if you find anything." Um, which actually, you have the option right then to stay and investigate the scene more, or to just leave. I guess if you were to investigate the scene before you went and talk to him, you could just leave at that point. But there are definitely things you want to find at the scene. So, uh, I should I just keep going? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So. I uh, looked around the scene using the infrared stuff, and I found uh, like there's this like like brightly colored pollen trail that I discovered, and it said that it would be thicker near the the side of the body. So I started looking around, and I wound up going the 
other way from the side from where the body was found and found footsteps and blood spots and stuff and then uh it's across these train tracks and at the bottom of this like hill uh so then the the the, it looks like it indicates that whoever these footsteps are and stuff belong to which possibly are the killers is going up this hill now since it's raining out the hill is muddy and slippery and it's going up towards like a highway i heard about this part so yeah like if you try to climb the hill it's another one of those things where you have to like you have to press you have to press and hold buttons and you start end up wrapping it, it makes you hold so many buttons at once that you start wrapping your hands around the controller trying to get all the buttons and it's just kind of like a struggle to push these buttons sort of the same way he's struggling to get up this slippery hill um so it's a really cool mechanic uh i mean it was definitely it definitely worked for the scene um so i made it up to the top of the hill and you just do a little bit more investigating up there. You find uh, some tire marks and stuff, but it's a highway, so you can't go too far because uh, you can't. It, it, the game will stop you from like doing certain things. Like you can't just walk out into the road and get yourself hit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like an invisible wall there. Um, but he did my char- The character did get splashed by a car that drove by and like nailed a puddle and like splashed him with water. And he like uh, did the uh, the the fuck you with the arm thing. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Flipped you off. Not the flip you off. No, but he did. He did the arm. Oh, okay, yeah. Like in Spaceballs. Yes. Um, Hail President Scrooge. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that was funny. Uh, um, And then, uh, then you have to go back down the hill, and you have to time your uh, like I think it's L one and R one to correspond to your feet because you're like trying to trying to keep your balance as you're. It's not even L one and R one. It changes every time. What do you mean? It was I like R two and L one. Then it was like L two and R one. Then it was oh, R two and L two. It was I, different I did, every I, time. I did slip on a couple of them. <laughs> um, mm, I did too. So yeah, then you get back down, and then from there is where uh, I went and found Lieutenant Blake again and told him I was ready to leave. And as I was walking out of the crime scene, I walked over to this journalist because I wanted to see if I could ask him any questions. And when I walked over to him, the game just like blacked out and started doing this really loud hissing noise. Oh, and I couldn't bring up my uh like my, <laughs> my cross media bar or anything so i that's where the game crashing bu- or the demo crashing bug showed up so i just turned off my system at that point but uh al did you do anything different in the scene or yeah um sort of i went into the uh area and i you know went under the tape i spoke to the guy and you know gave him my ID and went under the thing and I was talking to some of the other cops and just like bullshit talking like oh the weather is kind of uh you know rainy out here and he goes doesn't it always rain in the fall where you come from and um (laughs) then they were kind of blowing me off and I asked him about coffee and they said yeah there's some coffee in the thermos they said and then I asked him about the murder and he goes hey wait a minute who are you and then you tell me you're from the FBI and he goes oh you should speak to Lieutenant Blake so then I went and got a cup of coffee and <laughs> when <laughs> and then I started actually like looking over the scene for a little bit and I found some footstep footprints that belonged to the cops and some other stuff that really wasn't didn't have anything to do with the case then I found Blake and I talked to him and uh, asked him a couple questions, and he said, this would be better done in the office because all the rain. He goes, all right, yeah, Is I'll talk heavy? to you later. Yeah, it's heavy. Every time you pause the game, <laughs> it's just heavy. Heavy rain all over the screen. Um, So then I went over to the train tracks and found some footsteps and a blood splotch and a dead cat, which had nothing to do with anything. Oh, I didn't find uh, a dead cat. Yeah, it's a dead cat in the tracks. Um, Then I went up the hill. 
and I kept tripping on the hill and started getting my suit all wet. Um, went all the way up to the top, found the tire tracks, got splashed on, then came down, tripped a little bit more, dirtied up the suit even more, and he really kind of looked pissed off that his suit was all messed up. <laughs> and then, um, I spoke to Blake and he said he was leaving, but I wanted to, I, I hit leave to go with him, but then I found the, the body at the end in the tent. And I started looking over the body and it was kind of like, I should have probably found, looked at the body first because it was open stuff that was leading over to, oh, well, this is where you should, where you're supposed to go over to the train tracks and everything. Right. And before I left, a train actually went over the tracks. And I'm wondering if you could get hit by the train. I saw the train go over the tracks when I first arrived, and I'm pretty sure that like it wouldn't let you get hit by the train. Um, but I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, uh, only because the the train actually went over the tracks. Like I was near the area where the train was, and I'm like, "What? There's a train coming?" I wouldn't have known. And then I just left. I didn't even see a, a journalist. Uh, the they were, like, right by your car when you first got out. Um, oh. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, it sounds like you did some some stuff slightly different. Like, uh, I wonder if you had seen the body first, if that would have presented different, like, dialogue options or something with Blake mm-hmm. or just, yeah. But um, either way, uh, I think both scenes are good demonstrations of the uh, of what to expect from the game. Um, Certainly. And I didn't, what was, the, what was in the trailer since I didn't get to see it? Uh, the trailer was just like uh, a whole bunch of scenes from the game. Um, uh, it started out like Saw. I was like, "What the fuck?" Like Saw. Because mind you, I saw the trailer first, and then I started. It, it was weird. I did the trailer, and then I did the tutorial, and then I hit start demo, which did the tutorial again. But anyway, um, the the trailer opened up with this guy, and he's sitting at like a kind of like a a screen. But it's not really a laptop or anything, so it has a play button, he presses the screen, and it starts playing this transmission, where this female voice says, um, if you want to save your son, uh, do you want to save your son, or something like that? And then she says, you have, uh, ten seconds to cut off, um, His dick. the, 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 <clears throat> what did they say, the, the outermost section of one of your fingertips. Oh! And if you, if you do that, and, and you have to do it in front of the screen. If you do that, then we'll be able to help you, or you know, not we'll be able to help you, but you'll you'll be able to do something further to saving your son. And then it says like, do you? How much does it cost to save someone you love, or something like that? And then they go through all these scenes in the game, uh, some of the scenes that you actually went through in the demo, and then it had like this girl, and she was taking off her clothes, and then she was running hey. from somebody. But in a separate scene, where she had a shirt yeah, on. Yeah, those are those are scenes that they showed and have shown in a lot of trailers. Yeah, and then it just you know it's just basically a whole bunch of scenes from the game, in-game footage. I and the first thing you just said though about the the, the saw-like thing with the guy kind of the finger. I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen that before. So I'll yeah, that's how it opened up. I was, I was like, what? That that's what? kind of what got me into it. I was like. This game is pretty sick. And, you know, because that was my very, very first impression of the game. That whole cut finger off thing. I said, that's some shit. Um, oh, did you notice? I mean, not did you notice, but, uh, you know how you start up the levels and they have this big ass extreme close up of the character's face that you're playing? Uh, that's their loading screen. It's the loading screen. I know. Yeah. But I just have to say that the detail 
on these characters is sick. Just like yeah. going from the God of War 3 demo to the Heavy Rain demo. I'm like, wow, these 2010 Sony games are going to be off the hook. Since you brought that up, I just would like to say that, like, the loading screen, yeah, there's so much, there is so much detail to the characters, especially in those parts too, the close-ups. Um, and just in the game in general, there's a lot of detail, but it does, and this was brought up on another podcast too, I don't remember which one, but, uh, it does really bring to light the uncanny valley effect. Yeah, cause it's because, right there. Of course. Yeah, like, especially when they're talking, like, there were, the lips aren't matched up perfectly and stuff, so you just, you really notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is still, like, just a marvel at, uh, like, in-game character acting and stuff like that. And just, yeah, like, I don't know. It, it's really good. Uh, I, I would encourage everyone to try the demo, especially especially if you haven't heard of this game. Because, yeah. I mean, if you if you heard of the game, you either already know if you're, like, if you watch stuff online, you probably already know if you're excited about it or not um, and about this type of game. But people who haven't heard of the game, I would definitely recommend checking out the demo. Um, and uh, I think it's actually supposed to get released soon. Um, I think... Uh, end of february or early march or something so at least it's not too long to wait and uh i'm definitely excited i'm yeah, a little you, excited you know i mean not not to, only because of like i get to it not to kind of like turn this discussion around on um the validity of of whatever consoles are out there or you know but it seems like this is this is a type of game that makes a case for for like a wii hd given how gesturally focused it is and given how you you know the, the Quantic Dream's goal is to really to immerse you in both gestures and the quality of their voice actors and and on-screen character actors and all that stuff. So th- this is the type of thing that either either makes a case for Wii HD or further makes a case for Natal or right. Uh, I was going to say Sony's or motion Sony, sticks. Yeah, the, the the what do they call it again? They they had some fake name for it. Somebody calls I'm, it Arc. The Arc, yeah. Oh right, yeah. You know what I mean? So it kind it kind of makes a case for that. Um, so I'm interested to see, like, where before I was just like, you know what, Natal, fuck that shit, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, and I, st- I still kind of say that because at least with the Arc and the Wii Remote and the DualShock 3, like, you, you still, you still have to have the, the sensation that you're holding on to something, especially right. when you, when you talk about things like Al was saying with the, uh, with the asthma inhaler, that's key, you know, you're holding the asthma inhaler, it's not just that you're making the motions, but you have the sensation that you, you are in possession of something. Right. Um. But yes, that that's you know that sounds really interesting. Like when I first heard about it, I'm just like whatever. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, well, I did like what I played of Indigo Prophecy, so I should f- start following this. And then you know I st- I read the reviews, and then I, I'm listening to you guys talk about that you know climbing up the muddy hills. And I'm just like, all right, I'm sold. I'm in. You know, I, w- I want to try this now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pete, what else have you been playing aside from this? Okay. Uh, okay. Since you, since you are now okay, since you are now done with Plants vs Zombies. Yeah. Uh... Well, I'll start with by talking about that. Uh, me and my girlfriend did, uh, my girlfriend and I, uh, cool. did complete uh, Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Nice. Um, Congratulations. Funny thing. What's that? Was, was that out? Congratulations. Oh, thanks. Congratulations. Um, I, I don't know how it, uh, how much it is, like, how it correlates to the first game, if it is actually the exact same story. Um so I don't want to say how this one ended or anything in case they did take some ch- make some changes to the story, uh, but I will say that I because I, I think last time I said that I kind of have an idea how it's going to end and I was right on the money. Um, it seems like the storyline is very predictable, uh, so I don't know. But either way, it was a fun game to play. 
I and I remember last time I complained about the fact that it had those scenes where the runaway. You had to, yeah, you had to run from those things. Mm-hmm. And funnily enough, after that, after that recording, when we went and played again, we didn't run into any more of those because, <laughs> like I said, we had already kind of passed the climax of the game, right? And everything was kind of just winding down at that point. There was a lot more like crazy ass scenes, but no more of the uh, the running away stuff. So gotcha. there's only like four or five at most of those in the game, and I think if we like the game takes a long time just because of player trepidation and caution and moving slowly through the world and trying to explore it. If you already know what you're going to do, I think you could blast through that game in like two to three hours. Like right. it's a very, very short game. Hmm. Um, Though you'll want to obviously all... play through it more than once. Yeah. Um, and like I said, for our first time, we it, I guess it took us maybe about like somewhere between six to eight hours, if I were to guess. But because we were moving slow and we didn't know what was around the corner, you know, fear of the unknown definitely played a bit, played a big part in it. Even though we didn't really think we could die. I mean, those things in the runaway scenes can cause you to get a game over. Um, but it's not really like a a bad game over. You just restart that specific scene. Like there's there's a there's an option to save at any point in the game, but you never really need it. I mean, you save mm-hmm. when you're about to quit or whatever, right. but you you don't really have to worry about saving because there's not really any uh any like punishment or like detriment to like getting a game over screen. Right. Um and uh yeah, just it was worth playing through for the story. Again, the whole psychological profiling thing, I don't know how much of that is actually true and how much of it is just random or something because like i said there were things that happened we got the sexy cop we don't know why uh, <laughs> and other things happened throughout the game that we didn't really understand why it was happening but at uh, the oh go ahead i was gonna say i heard you know from from what brad on the on the giant bombcast said he said that you know there there's some freaks out there who managed to like map kind out, of decode yeah yeah and like yeah it really does matter but of course you know i would never go up and look up that stuff because i want to find out for myself i'm probably going to um, go look at it when i i, I, I want to definitely go look more into it because since i just checked out the game i had to bring it back we were able to beat the once right. and I, I i'm not sure if i'm going to want to check it out again and try to play through it again and see what happens different or if i'll just go look online but i am interested in exploring more of what this game is about right um which is a testament to it because you know usually when you finish a game you're, you're like yeah you're done i'm done yeah. Yeah. Um I I I was going to say something about the ending but I guess I shouldn't. Um so I'm not going to I'm not going to say anything more about it but it's it is a Wii game worth playing. <laughs> um there's not very many of those. There's Actually I should not, say there's uh, I I'll say this there's not very many but they're more than people want to give credit to. Yeah, I I guess I should change that to say there's it's a non-Nintendo Wii game. Right. That that's um, a good point. And it's a, a mature game worth playing because there's not like most mature games on the Wii. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Mad World didn't really pe- like. Appeal I will to me. stand behind Mad World. That shit is Re- fun. Uh, that shit well, is funny the, too. The only other mature game that I ever liked on the Wii is No More Heroes, and I want to play No More Heroes too. Because so. you could turn into a giant ass tiger. <laughs> <laughs> Although, from what I hear, No More Heroes Two is actually easier than the first one, and the first one was great because of its hard ass fucking boss fights. Well, I heard but, it, they said it's easier, but not like super easier. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I'll definitely end up checking that out at some point and trying it. But uh, I'm digressing. Uh, so yeah, Silent Hill is a game that everyone should play. Giant Bomb definitely was smart in giving it their their Wii game of the year. Um, it's got me way interested in more about the Silent Hill series. Like I said, I never really played the original ones. I watched a, my dad play some of the first one, but I never really played any myself. So now I'm, I'm a lot more interested in the series. I may go back and try to check some old ones out, although I hear it's hard to go back to those games. Yeah, yeah, it it really is. I, at the risk of, you know, t- you know, tainting the jury 
or whatever, you know, leading the witness. I, it's it's pretty much, you know, the first time we, the, okay, so so just really quickly, the first time I played Silent Hill, I was like, this is much better than Resident Evil because of how fucked up it is. It, it's more of a, a psychological thriller than Resident Evil could ever hope to be. But at the end of the day, mechanic-wise and just, you know, game-wise, uh, I, I feel like Resident Evil ends up being the better game, which is a shame because I think there's so much to like about the Silent Hill franchise. But at the end of the day, it's like when you play it, you want to play something that's good, that plays well, you know? And not to say that Resident Evil necessarily played all that much better because it is tank controls, but the, the, it, there, there's, there's just certain things about the way that those games are designed where it's like if you want psych thriller and you don't really care about the gameplay, you just want to solve puzzles, Silent Hill. If you actually care about you know it being mechanically a little better if it, you know at the sacrifice of oh no is that Chris's blood you the unmaster <laughs> of unlocking <laughs> might find better use of this you know then if you don't mind that then obviously Resident Evil I think is is a better game so but yeah, yeah. I mean you, just, you pick up one of the later ones and see 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 if that jives with you like one of the, the less room high. yeah maybe the room maybe not so sure about that one though still though um but uh, is that all you've been playing. Well, then, no, there's a few other things real quick. All right. Uh, one versus 100, I just want to mention that we actually finally, me, me and Dez at the same time, both made it into the mob. Nice! On the live show. Uh, it was on Tuesday's episode. Um, not that that matters, but this, this yesterday, we're recording this on Saturday, so yesterday, Friday's episode was their season finale, which I didn't play in, so I don't know what that actually means for the game. Like, if it's going to reset uh, everyone's scores or whatever uh-huh. um, once they start a new season, but... uh. So yeah, at least during this what they're what they were calling season two, we did at least make it into the mob once, um, and uh, it was it was actually very thrilling. Uh, it's a good thing she was with me. Like we didn't win a prize, we we got Aww. a question wrong, so Aww. we we got knocked out of the mob. But uh, if she hadn't been with me, I would I would have gotten more stuff wrong probably. <laughs> um, I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Uh, <laughs> the funny thing is that. We when you play, if it's only like like for instance, when we play, it's just us two on our consoles. So, uh, it it always tries to fill up your like your game with uh a, with at least four people. So you'll sometimes get thrown like what when we play, we always get thrown with two other random people. Uh-huh. So that there's like four of us playing like our own kind of mini game, competing against each other. Um, and uh, when we made it into the mob, we thought we would get separated from whoever else we were with. Uh, but no, I mean, it just kept us all four and just changed our like I moved our characters from the crowd into the mob, uh-huh. um, and uh, so that, that I mean it was like I said it was just really exciting to finally have gotten picked, even though we didn't win a prize, which sucked. It's uh, it's a fun experience to you know yeah yeah to so know you're a- part of the show right. I've never won anything before. <laughs> um, so yeah, like uh, we'll definitely keep playing, and I'll let you know what next season brings if it does reset stuff, which would kind of suck because right. uh. The way they choose the one is kind of by your lifetime score and how you, like how long you've been playing and things like that. So right. for it to reset everything means that our odds will once again drop down to being the one. Sure. Um, which is you know how you really win a prize. Right. Uh, but other than that, the other game I've been playing, I checked out Dante's Inferno. Oh boy. Mm. And Dante I mean, of War. Yeah, I don't know why I really checked it out. I guess figured just has something new to talk about on the yeah. show. You know, just it's came there. out. It's there. Why not? It's easy to get into. It's you know. Yeah, um, it is just another. I, I don't know why I check out these games that I have no interest in because I don't like these <laughs> button mashy action games. It's your and, fault. 
it does, you know, have its combo system and whatnot, but I don't do it. I just mash the X button and somehow we managed to progress. Um, the only thing I could say about it is that I like the aesthetic of the game. and I, I like the idea behind it. Uh, so far, at least, I played about an hour and a half. Uh, so I haven't made it too far down into hell yet. I kind of just went through the intro stuff, and I'm about to go, like, into the lust area. Um, Ooh, prostitutes. So, yeah. So, oh, man, that game does have a lot of boobs, too. Uh, <laughs> this is what I've heard, yeah. High-definition boobies. Nipple. Um, but uh, it, it's gratuitous. There's no reason for them to to for right. the the boobs to be there, which is it. It bugs me when things do that. Like I understand if it's if for some reason there is a there's a <gasps> wait, plausible... wait 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 wait. You're comp- Pete's complaining about boobs. No. victory, victory, Listen. victory. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. I'm not complaining about boobs. I'm Damn complaining it. about the fact that when they're gratuitous and it makes me feel awkward when my girlfriend's like, "Why are there just random boobs in this game?" That's like trying to play like, Bayonetta. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's like, I have no reason to be like, well, you know, it needed to be there for the story, or this is why it's like that. No, there's no reason. Like, no, it's just there is none. <laughs> um, but, uh, like I was saying, I do like the the aesthetic of the game, and uh, I, I think it would present an interesting journey through this, through the, you know, through Hell and Dante's Inferno, even though it's not the actual, actual uh, poem. Poem, it's still, like, in, in, in and of itself. What's that? No, I was reciting the poet's name oh. in, in, in a very bad Italian accent. Uh, uh, in and of itself, it seems like it'd be an interesting journey to a game. Right. Uh, more so like than the the closest thing I compare it to, because I haven't played anything God of War 3 yet, would be Darksiders. And I just, Darksiders didn't grip me at all when I started it, but this actually, it's got a little bit of a hook in me, and I kind of want to keep going, but I'm just going to play it maybe a little bit more before I have to bring it back, and then, you know, I probably won't care about it anymore. Right. Uh I've heard other people who are into these type of games say that it's nothing special, and I've heard them actually say that the game actually looks ugly. Uh, I think Arthur Geis, 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 whatever, on uh, Rebel FM, Geese, ha- yeah. yeah, has said that because uh, yeah, he's more into art than I. Like he understands more about art than I do, and he says that it's actually it looks like a, a last gen game with some slightly higher res textures. But to me, it actually. I thought it looked good. I thought it looked better than Darksiders, and people who are in the know, quote-unquote, say Darksiders is a better-looking game. So, I don't know. It depends. Well, it depends on what you're talking about. Are you talking about the art? Are you talking about the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the construction or the, or the design? Or are you talking about it from a technical angle? There's so many different ways for people to say, this game looks great, this game looks shitty. Like, you know, people, people would say that um, Twilight Princess kind of looks shitty because... Uh, it tried to it tries to look realistic and yet the grass textures are all terrible, um, and and then some people are just like I hate the way that um, that the Wind Waker looks because it's all cartoony. Nah, when when like at, at the same time when you think about it, like a lot of artists really like the way that Wind Waker looks despite the fact that it all lo- it looks kitty. You know what I mean? So it's all it, it, it's it's up and down. It's left and yeah, right. I guess I'll just say say the old saying. Uh, I don't know art, but I know what I like. Right. And uh, I mean, I like the I like what I'm seeing in. Dante's Inferno, and I didn't like what I was seeing in Darksiders. Right. Um, I'm sure God of War 3 is just going to blow both of them away anyway, so... Um, and that's a game I'll end up playing through just because it's God of War and everybody's going to be playing it. Uh, <laughs> which, by the way, I should probably get around to playing God of War 2 sometime before that God of War 3 comes out. Right. Um, get the collection. Eh. Eh. <laughs> yeah, I guess I could check out the collection and just play the God of War 2 part. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's all I've been playing, so Austin, you're up. So I tried to play Mass Effect yesterday, and I think I was too drunk to actually play it, but I booted it up, and uh, within like 15 minutes, it crashed on me. 
So I kind of gave up on that. And then I tried to play it this morning, and it crashed on me again, so I gave up on it again. And I'm, I'm getting really frustrated with it. And Oh, you should be playing it on console. No, because it actually runs nicely on my PC when it's not crashing. So I'd rather deal with that. Um, but I, uh, I, what I was really playing a little bit more of was Assassin's Creed 2. Because I finished the first one uh, on Sunday, and hence got four hours of sleep before my flight. But it was worth it. Um, the funniest thing is that you know, a lot, and and I'll say this as someone who's not a huge story guy. You know, my my kind of desire to to jump into Assassin's Creed Two, being fueled by the fact that I just finished one and I want to keep going, is is not at all fueled by the story. The story is a, a lot of fun, but it's you know it it, it actually kind of got a little stupid to me in two in the beginning. I'll go over that in a second, but it, it's it's just more that I know that they improved so much about it in in two. And there were some things that I really liked about one that I wanted to experience in a more polished framework. So I was like, I, I gotta go, I gotta get Assassin's Creed 2. Truth be told, I went on Wikipedia and, and looked up what, what happens in Assassin's Creed 1 like out, uh, uh, like weeks before I even picked up Assassin's Creed 1 again. Because I didn't really care. I was like, oh, I, I just want to find out what happens. Okay, and I found it out. And then when I started playing it, I'm like, I'm playing it because I want to play the game, not because I give a shit about the story. Um... And when you, when you start off in two, the, the first thing I got to say is that I got like 60 or 80 achievement points in the first like 10 minutes. And that oh, to me is really stupid. Like it's terrible achievement design. It's like, oh, and not that I care that much about achievements, but I think for the people who, you know, really are into it, the fact that you get an achievement just for watching a story sequence, all right, which is basically what happens, is mind-blowingly dumb. Why would you do that? How is that an <laughs> Congratulations, you bought the game. 50 achievement points. Pr- pretty I, much. I think it's to balance out the incredibly hard achievements that are later, though. Yeah, but that's not an achievement. It's, it's not. One... You you achieved watching the first... It's, you don't achieve anything by watching yeah. a, a FMV. If, if you want to... Especially okay, the first so... one. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I said especially the first one. Right. If you want to make an easy achievement, make it an easy achievement, but don't make it something that you don't ha- absolutely have nothing to do with it. Like, for example, um, one of the first scenes has you beating up a bunch of security guards, all right? and I can't remember if you do or don't. I think, you, I think I got achievements for that. That's fine. But I got an achievement for, like, starting the game, talking to one of the characters, walking around, and then getting out of a room. And how did I get out of that room? I followed another character. That's it. Basically, it's not something that you have to actually achieve. It's something that you have to do in order to actually get through the game anyway. Right. It's like it's like watching, you know, it's like, okay, so in RPGs, advancing the story is part of, it's supposedly part of the game, whatever. I'll concede that, sort of. But then you watch three cutscenes in a row and you get an achievement. What? You know, is that, <laughs> I know that in an RPG, story is the main thing, and that's a JRPG, I should say. Is story is the main thing, and you know you you have advanced it. But did you really do anything other than sit on your ass and maybe on your hands and watch it? No, I mean I think they should have you know bounced it out smarter. Um, I I don't know. There, there there's so many things in that game, in the first like half an hour of my experience that you could have done an achievement for instead of like oh I watched the first cutscene. But so that that tur- that it didn't turn me off, but I was like that's really dumb. Like I I I, I actually sneered at the game when it did that to me. I was like really. Are you are you really telling me that I actually did something? <laughs> like, is this all that it has to offer? And then, like, the facial animations for um, some of the characters got worse. 
like I like overall the graphical quality is 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 superb and and, and is is a slight improvement over the first one at least when I'm running around the city. But by God, like um, when when you're talking to one of the main characters, it's just like um, the mouth, the lips are way too big and ends up looking like a clown. <laughs> and it's, it, I, I just you know it was that took me out of the moment. Um, Desmond's walking animation even got worse, and I'm you know I'm sitting there for the first ten minutes going, this is really bad. Like, what did they do to it? Um, and then it got to, into this whole, like, campy... Like, a lot of the acting, uh, once you get to where you're going in the first five to ten minutes of the game, the acting got really campy and just, like, you know... Pr- it's like, oh, we're going to take a prototypical, like, you know, prototypical roles out of a movie of that, that would be similar to this and just plant them right into the game. It's, it was just so unimaginative and so stupid, which is why when I started actually playing as, um, as Itzio... And, like, climbing buildings and all that stuff, I'm like, thank God, like, this is actually the real game that I'm playing. Because uh, he, and, and I'm sure you know this, Pete, but he just moves a lot faster. Not a lot faster, but when he's climbing things, it's just a lot more elegant and a lot less, a lot more effortless than when, when Altair was doing it. And it's pretty funny because I think one of my complaints about the first Assassin's Creed was like, okay, to climb this building, I hold R and A and press up, and that's it. And I really, yeah. I really felt cheated out of the experience of platforming because you see Altair like scaling these walls with grace, but with some effort, right? He's like grunting, and he's like, Ugh! and and you, you you want to press A to hit, like I, I'm sorry, but I like pressing buttons. I like doing stuff in a game. I don't like just holding down the thing. So, you know, when I'm seeing him climb and you know making this slow struggle up the tower, I'm like, why am I not able to do something? A lot of people are just like, oh, it's just innovative. You know, it's a new way of doing things. It's simplified. It's innovative. It makes you feel like a badass. I'm like, I feel like I just feel like I'm not doing anything. I'm sorry, I don't. And with this one, it's the same way. But at the very least, the, your the lack of effort on your part is better conveyed in the game, because Ezio, like I said, is it, I think the word that that Ryan Davis uses in his review on Giant Bomb is he's more dexterous. He's more agile, and he's climbing this building a lot faster. So I feel less compelled to be like, why am I not doing anything? I'm like, oh, well, this is this is so easy for Itzio to do. It's really just like climbing up a ladder for him. And it looks great. Like, the his animations of just jumping up, and it all looks fantastic. Just as good as the first game, if not better. Um, I think they, they start you off with just it, just... it just feels like it plays better. You know, you start off by beating up a bunch of people, just like you do in the real world when you're Desmond. And, like, already it, it feels less clumsy than, than Altair does. Which is really weird, because isn't Altair supposed to be like this complete graceful badass, but he can't fist fight that well? It's it's weird, but it, it feels really good. <laughs> um, and the goal, like the fir- one of the first goals that you do is you beat up a bunch of people, then you race against someone else to 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 get to a rooftop, uh, and then you uh, deliver a message, and then you and I'm being specifically vague because I don't want to give any anything away about Ezio's background um, for for you, Al, because I know I haven't started it yet, right? Right. Um, I heard right. something about something, and I'm not gonna say anything. But I heard. Yeah, something, I don't. I don't want to confirm anything for you. Side. But right, something, something dark. Side. Um, but yeah. So like, so there, there are a couple of different missions already. Whereas in the first Assassin's Creed, they broke down to interrogations, pickpocketing, eavesdropping, and uh, flag collecting or, or 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 stealth assassinations. But like most of the time, it was all the same thing and right off the bat within the first 10 minutes you know I'm doing all this different shit and it just you know it just feels like a more um, a more complete experience 
where mm. where Assassin's Creed One kind of and, and the reason why I still liked Assassin's Creed One despite its repetition is that those things that I was repeating at least the, the thing that I repeated the most with um with pleasure was climbing the towers. And I know it's totally formulaic. You go into the town, you climb the towers, you go to the Assassin's Guild, you climb some more towers, and then you know where to pickpocket. Then you do it all over again in the same three cities. Uh, uh, uh. And, but like I personally like climbing the towers. I don't know why. It was just it was just one of those things that like once you get to the top, it's like, okay, I have achieved this goal, and I can see the whole cityscape, and it's just kind of cool. And that that to me had you know appealed to my kind of old school sensibilities where contra you just mash on the B button to shoot things, but it's fun. You know, there's certain things that are repetitious that still happen to be fun. I can't quite put my finger on how like or, or articulate exactly why or how, but that's the kind of sensation I got from doing the repetitive stuff in Assassin's Creed One. It's like, well, yeah, it's repetitive, yeah, it's kind of eh, but you know, I'm doing them because I like doing things and I like completing things. I, I'm not a completionist. But I like achieving certain things. Um, and I think that the reason why it's a little bit upsetting in Assassin's Creed 1 is because you know, it's, it's in a 3D world which is really open. And so when you're given repetitive things to do, you kind of just want to get them done one by one by one and get them over with as soon as possible so that you can feel like you've done something, right? Whereas in Assassin's Creed or any other open world game, you have to travel to that place to get there and do it. And there's a lot of waiting or a lot of just, you know, that's why I was so upset before I got to the quick travel with Assassin's Creed 1, is that, like, I, just get me there so I can do it. And then when the quick travel came, when, when you told me about it, and then when it finally came up, that's when I stood up. I was like, thank God! Um, but, yeah, so in 2, it's like, there's none of that anymore because so far I've, I've done so many different things and met so many different people. And Ezio, I, I know people have said this over and over again, but it bears repeating, Ezio is just a much more likable character. He's a lot of fun to watch. A lot of, like, there's a lot of good banter between him and other people. Um, it's it, it's just a lot more fun and and vibrant and, and alive than I think the first Assassin's Creed was. Um, and while I agree with you, Pete, in that I actually, from a setting standpoint, I think the Crusades is a more interesting setting based on all the turmoil that was going on in that in that era. I think the Renaissance period and just the aesthetic of this game is just more pleasurable to look at and more pleasurable to experience. So I think in all respects. Like within the, I think I've been playing Assassin's Creed One for about an hour to the, up to this point. Infinitely much more enjoyable so far than the first one, and it, I'll have to wait to see how the assassins actually assassinations actually play out in order to judge the game as a whole. But so far, I'm I'm really liking it, and I'm glad that I got it because if I didn't get it, I'd be trying to g- jump over the bugs in Mass Effect on my PC, <laughs> um, and trying to get over that. So. But uh, yeah, that's mostly what I've been playing. You know, obviously Final Fantasy VIII. There's nothing really to talk about. I'm just advancing in it. Um, I, I've said all the, I guess, interesting stuff I've had to say over the past couple of weeks. You know, that still holds water. Um, I'm almost at the point where I got si- where I got so sick of it. Um, the last time I played it, that I just put it down, and I'm not feeling that yet. So you know, so far so good. Um, and I think that'll do about what what we've been playing, unless Pete has something else that he's forgotten. Though I think he's playing Plants vs Zombies now. Uh, yes, I am. But I... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't forget anything important. The only other thing I've been playing was uh, still plugging away at Mass Effect 1 to try to get those achievements and okay. stuff. So nothing else really important to say. Gotcha. All righty, well, we will take a short break, and we will be back with uh, some new- some topics in the world of video game news. And we might try to squeeze a Let's Rebooting in there if we can. Be back in a second.
we're back. Uh, we're just going to be talking about one news topic uh, that Al and and Pete found on the uh, on the waves that they call the interwebs. So, do one of you want to sum it up real quick? Go ahead, Al. Sure. Sure. Yeah, um, zombies. Zombies. There was a <laughs> there was a rumor earlier this week that Activision. Well, sorry. Let me go earlier than that. <clears throat> Activision, um, they had a, I think, a conference call or some kind of press release or probably not even a press release. They mentioned that they were rolling back or, or cutting back on Guitar Hero for 2010. Uh, I think they brought out like a whole 29 different Guitar Hero titles across, yeah, yeah, we'll say SKUs, basically various Guitar Hero games over the different platforms, uh, including the same game for different platforms, about 29 of them over the course of 2009. I wish you weren't in the living room right now and, like, looking at my face, because I just have this really, like, worn down, like, like, God, oh, I know what that face is. Oh, God, <laughs> I'm like shaking. I, I am. Sh- I was shaking my head the entire time you were summarizing that. <laughs> go ahead, keep going. So, um, yeah, that includes Band Hero, DJ Hero, Guitar Hero Five, oh, Guitar Hero Van Halen. I think Christ. the the pre-release, uh, Guitar Hero, uh, Dar, uh, on tour, <laughs> something or others. The DS bullshit. And um. Now they're only going to bring out 10 SKUs for this year. And uh, that does indicate that there's going to be a new DJ Hero, and it's going to be Guitar Hero 6. And, you know, Guitar Hero 6 over PS3, Xbox, Wii, and DS, they said they're not going to be supporting PS2 anymore because they think it's on decline. Uh-huh. Um, so that's already four. Excuse, and then DJ Hero for PS3 and 360. That's, that's six. six. Yep. So we have another four Band Hero probably for oh. Wii, 360, uh, PS3, and DS. So that's probably the ten skews. Um, <clears throat> they brought out that report earlier this week, and then after that, there were some rumors going around that they were going to shut down. Um, the people who created uh, Guitar Hero, Red Octane, and the people who made Guitar Hero Van Halen, which apparently is this group called Underground Development, which also made BMX XXX. I thought... <laughs> now... Oh, underground, yeah. Now, the, the thing oh, is, man. Underground Development uh, would have to be a, a renaming of a studio that was called... Uh, shoot... I'm trying to remember. I know that the, studio. I'm, I can't remember what the name of the studio was, but that it's the same studio shoot. that made um, Aggressive Inline. It would have to right. be because they're the ones that made BMX Triple X, and I, you know, worked for Acclaim when they made that. Blah blah blah. Right. Congratulations, Pete, on finally beating three three. Let's zombies. Um, now they also laid off people at Neversoft and Luxoflux. Um, and they're doing this all as a. They they confirmed that they you know laid off people at Neversoft Luxflux, and they also completely shut down um, Red Octane, only taking like the guy or the small team that was really directly associated with Guitar Hero and the equipment. Everybody else has been shown the door. They say, right? Um, <clears throat> and so they confirmed that, and they said that as a part of their overall strategy to release fewer SKUs. 
So basically, in association with the earlier report about fewer guitar heroes, they're going to consolidate everything. They are closing underground and relocating Red Octane to their Santa Monica headquarters under the leadership of David Haddad. So no, um, no word on nothing about Neversoft being downsized. Um, that I believe, um, it is. Oh, okay. Wait, they pr- actually provided a statement on this. If my computer would stop acting up. All right. Am I back? Yeah. Yeah. You sure. didn't go anywhere. Didn't I didn't go anywhere because nobody said anything, so I thought I completely we, lost. We are everybody. waiting patiently for your gospel, sir. All right, so Activision says about that. Activision Publishing continually evaluates its resources to ensure that they are properly matched against its product state and strategic product slate and strategic goals. In 2010, the company's SKU count will be smaller than in 2009, driven in part by a decrease in the number of music-based games we will be releasing. As discussed on our earnings conference call yesterday, that's what that thing I was, I was talking about. Uh, we are directing our resources against the largest and most profitable business segments, and as part of this initiative, we are realigning our resources to better reflect our slate and the market opportunities. At the same time, we are increasing our digital-slash-online capabilities, as we expect that digital-slash-online will continue to be a more meaningful, to become a more meaningful part of our business model in the years ahead. So that basically means we laid off a whole bunch of people, Made the group smaller because we don't need all those goddamn people anymore. <laughs> I see. I, I I'm. I, I was particularly interested about the NeverSoft part of this because I I just think it's a sad kind of. It, it it's a sad progression because you know the the first interaction interaction. The first kind of exposure I had to Neversoft was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater and Pro Skater 2. And those were fantastic games. They sure as hell were. And, and you go from that to being, you know, relegated to... Well, of course, Activision was like, oh, yeah, milk that. But then instead of milking... You're going from milking that to milking these music games, which they totally blew out of the water in terms of saturating the market. And now because of all, because of all the work that they had to put into it, they could have been downsized because of that. Because now they saturated the market and like they realize, oh wait, we don't need you guys anymore. You know, so, and, and that's sad to me. Um and I don't I, I don't I don't know. I, I just you know, I, I hope that they're still around. And what else did they make? They made Tony Hawk Pro Shader, they made Gun, which, you know, wasn't all that great apparently according to some critics, but I you know I heard it was it wasn't serviceable. Bad. I heard it was serviceable. Um it was, it was... and despite, you know, D- despite the fact that you know Guitar Hero is what it is, like a-, a whole mess of you know way too much, they did a good job at programming it. I think, you know. So I don't know. I, I just I-, I guess I just want to see NeverSoft you know continue to to make a different to to make some games and eh, make them different. So um, I-, I don't know about those other groups. I don't know anything about them. So. Well, I'm just um, throw in some quick comments before I have to go. Yep. Okay, I was gonna just mention quickly what the other groups like. Um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but also Radical Entertainment got shut down. They're the guys oh, that shit. made Prototype. Yep. And uh, Hulk Unleashed. Hulk, yep. Luxoflux that got shut down, uh, along with the downsizing of Neversoft. They made Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen. Uh, oh, was that Panda. The good one? I think oh. that was good. I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about these uh, licensed games, but. Oh, oh wait, um, Revenge of the Fallen was the movie game. Never mind. No, 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 no. Ah, <laughs> there was um, a Transformers game for PS2 that was really good. Oh, okay. Um, 
they were responsible, Luxoflux, they were responsible for true crime games, which the first oh. one was pretty good, <laughs> and the second one was pretty ass. Pretty ass. It was a pretty ass. Yeah, and they made Kung Fu Panda. Oh, <laughs> which I heard wasn't terrible. Right, and uh, they say that, uh, according to this report, approximately 55 people were let go, and some of them may be uh, transferred to Treyarch. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so about the whole Guitar Hero thing, I, I think the um, the article that you read said amen at the end of it, and I would like to echo that. Oh, yeah, the whole thing about them bringing out fewer Guitar Heroes yeah. uh, over, over in 2010. I mean, I think that the, the whole hero thing, never mind DJ Hero, because that is you know a new innovative product in my opinion. I think it is. Um, yeah. Just not something that I'm interested in. And um, it would have been better if it wasn't called DJ Hero, but of course right. brand recognition is uh, right. fucking god around here. Right. And that's what I was going to say. It is like the best, I shouldn't say the best, it is like the pinnacle and the nadir of what marketing represents. Because it's it, in terms of when you look at shit like Band Hero, the right. whole reason why that exists is because they think that they can trap a different market because – Oh, this demographic doesn't like the type of music that's in Guitar Hero, so we're creating a new one, which is the same thing, but for Taylor Swift, for that right. market, you know, um, as opposed to something like Rock Band, where if you want to play country music, we will offer it for download. You can get whatever you want for our game. You know, and I'm not, you know, idolizing Rock Band either. I mean, the, you know, them coming out with like the Beatles Rock Band already, and now they're talking about what is it, Green Day. Is just yeah. like stab me in the heart. Stop. Just stop following their their footsteps. Stop following Activision's footsteps. But you know, it, just the the way that they're doing this with the band hero, and then like with the DS ones. Okay, Guitar Hero on tour. Guitar Hero tour on tour. Modern hits. Okay, Guitar Hero on tour. Like, decades. Decades. Oh, because it's old school now. You know, it's just give it a rest. You know. But it's it's ingenious because that's what you do when you're in marketing, and you will hit those segments, and they will bite. Mm-hmm. You know, sadly enough, it got to the point where it's so oversaturated that they stopped biting. Which you know, actually, it's not sad enough for me. I'm glad, but um, I, I amen is fucking right. That's all I could say. Um, so I don't know if if, if Pete had something to say about this part. Uh, I got I gotta go, so I'll just say real quick that like I mean, they they brought this on themselves. Like I agreed, that's for yeah. damn sure. Yeah, and uh, one other thing that I wanted to bring this up while we were to- if I had time to talk about it, but I'll, I'll link you guys. You can talk about it if you want. Um, because of the whole like kind of bottom falling out on the whole rhythm genre, uh, because of this, um, there was another story that is uh, sort of related, but it's uh, MTV parent game or MTV Games parent company Viacom is basically asking uh, Harmonix to give them back. Um, they they had they had given them a pre-bonus of $150 million based on what they expected the performance of the Rock Band franchise to do. Oh, shit. And mm-hmm. because it didn't perform up to expectations, they're asking for some of that money back. So oh, shit. So I'm going to just link that story there. So if you guys want to add that into your discussion on this stuff. Wow. But uh, I thought that was interesting because it is this whole, just the bottom falling out on the on the genre because of yeah. the oversaturation. And it's sad because... Rock Band was at least trying to do it somewhat right with the downloadable content. Right. And if fucking uh, Activision had just seen that that was the way to go and didn't fucking do this bullshit, then we might actually not be in the situation. Well, they might not actually be in the situation. Right. Um, but yes, amen to less rhythm games. And uh, I mean, hopefully this will give them the incentive well, not, to branch well, not out less, even. Not less rhythm games per se, but less, less guitar games. Yeah. 
That's what I meant. It's like hopefully this will give them the incentive to branch out into other types of rhythm games. Other, Bring back like Karappa. Doing... Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that'd be awesome. Kick punch, um, it's all in your face. <laughs> but yeah, I have to get going, so uh I Thank God, I mean oh <laughs> I uh I I won't most likely won't be on next week, so I'll I'll talk to y'all in two weeks and uh Facebook.com slash ribbon and yeah. Two it. L's, two C's. Okay. Okay. I can't even do my own OP way to make fun of me because it doesn't sound right. Oh man. Um, but uh yeah. So All right. uh, everyone say bye to Pete. Bye, bye Pete. Pete. Bye Pete. You guys have a good rest of the show and I'll talk to you later. Thank you, sir. We are back, fresh from the news, and Pete is sadly gone. Mm. But we will commemorate him with Turducken or something. I don't know. Mm. Uh, he'll be back in two weeks. <clears throat> so, uh, we are on to Let's Rebooting. I-, I feel like I should have a sound bite for that, but I don't want this to sound overproduced. So, um, it's already low budget enough as it is. We should just keep with the ghetto isms. Yeah. Shamelessly. Bitches. But, for Let's Rebooting, I thought we'd take a trip back into memory lane with the oncoming release in I don't know when it's supposed to be next month out, but Mega Man 10 next, next month, month. Mm-hmm. I got hitting we Mega first before then oh yeah um it's it's all about Mega Man and we're gonna talk about the NES ones because I know the X series is a whole different beast um but specifically probably the first trilogy is is probably what's freshest in most people's mind not freshest but I would assume well I'm speaking from my own experience here so maybe I'm biased I am biased I'm totally biased I hate you all shut up uh, the first trilogy was, you know, kind of the pinnacle of the series, and then you know, you I think that to... that is a common uh, thought. Okay, um, a lot of people, I think, you know, kind of ducked out when four came on and was just like, the Mega Buster's cool, but you know, it's starting to get stale. And then you know, they had Ring Man, and it was like Pharaoh Man, and what? So, but um, so first, you know, the, the original Mega Man, uh, six bosses. And then they moved to the standard of 8 with 2 and 3, and they kept on with that little tradition. And I think even into the X-Series 8, they kept it to 8. Um, what is your first memory and interaction, uh, memory of an interaction with Mega Man? I played Mega Man 2 first. Mm-hmm. Um, I rented it from uh, the video store, that notorious video store that I <laughs> you know, play Ninja Turtles in. And it has the horror movies in the beginning. I think I mentioned that on a podcast, but I don't even remember. Anyway. Um, I played through Mega Man 2 and it was like, the. I mean, I've never heard of Mega Man before that. Um, actually, you know, I believe that I, I rented Mega Man first, the first one, and I hated it. I couldn't stand it. Really? I, I, I couldn't, um, it was too hard for me at that time. Uh-huh. And I used to play on like Iceman's level and I, I, I couldn't get past like the the shifting bricks, oh, and you know the my my skills just weren't really up to snuff then. Then I played Mega Man two, and everything was completely like it, it was like God's gift to man. Mega Man two, <laughs> um, and I played through that game a whole shitload of times. Never owned it. 
Um, then I went back to the original Mega Man. I was a little older, a little more, you know, skilled in my gaming, and I went through it completely. Um, then, you know, Mega Man 3 came out, but the first time I actually heard of Mega Man 3 was before I, um, before I entered a contest, which is known as Video Power, which was a television show. Please uh, tell me you're on YouTube somewhere. Please. I am not. I oh. tried to find the video, um, but I can't find it anymore. Like, my grandmother actually taped it, but uh, it's been, you know, I, that was in 1990. Right. So I have no idea where that tape is or if it exists anymore. And uh, there are no records of that this show. Like, they didn't actually keep an archive of this show. Oh. So I can't sucks. find it. And there was some, there was just like one random dude on YouTube who had video power videos. And I contacted him and he said that he would try and look for it. But he never got back to me, so I don't think oh, he ever found it. Oh man, that sucks. So, um, yeah, I, that was the first time I ever heard of Mega Man Three, and I actually didn't get to play it until the show, and I played it on the show. Three and yeah, and actually did really well at it. But well, do you remember what stage you were you were doing? Yeah, of course, it's the Sparkman stage. Oh, okay. And you're like, I'll never forget that experience. I never will. And um. You know, that those three games are the freshest ones in my mind because those are three games that I played most often and the three games that really have um, the most impact on my Mega Man experience. Because I've played 4, 5, and 6, and they just... Eh, 4, I didn't really like because I, I felt that it felt different. And, right. you know, the addition of all these extra characters was a little bit jarring. And this Dr. Cossack thing was just really kind of annoying. Yeah, I like the simplicity of uh, it's you versus Dr. Wily. And granted, you know, Dr. Cossack was just a play for, for Dr. Wily in the first place. But they kept coming up with these ways to mask the fact that the last boss is Dr. Wily. And <laughs> I was like, well, why don't you stop doing that? Because it's like we all Zelda, know it's Dr. it is Wily. going to be Ganon. You know this. Yeah, it's, it's sick. And... It would be so, great to have a Zelda where it's not Ganon, though. To have a, what? a Zelda where it's not Ganon at yeah, the end? Just fucking one. Uh, mm, um, I hear a, I, I hear a, I don't want to spoil this going on, so I will take your word for it and be happy. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Let's go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking if Link's Awakening had Ganon in it. And oh. it probably does. Because I know the first three Zeldas do, and right. Twilight Princess most likely. Oh, well, yeah, Twilight Princess does. Uh... Ocarina of Time does. Majora's Mask does not, but it's a spinoff. Um, I'll count that. I'll that. Oh, okay. So then you have Majora's Mask. That yeah. doesn't have Ganon at all. Right. Um, Wind Waker, I'm not going to talk about that unless... Oh, wait. You finished Wind Waker, right? I have not, but I've, I've heard you talk about it, so whatever. But Okay, it has Ganon. Uh, but I mean, it has Ganondorf in it. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. One of the Zelda games that is, uh, Ocarina of, not Ocarina, Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, I believe that they both culminate in Ganon. And, yeah, they do. And I do believe that Link's Awakening has some sort of Ganon in it, but I'm not sure. Anyway, back to Mega Man. Yeah, Mega Man. Uh, <laughs> six was just, uh, I, I didn't even finish six. I finished five. Because I rented that one day, and that was pretty interesting. Four, 
I finished, but I never really like went through it 100%. And, you know, thinking about it, and every time I think about Mega Man, I think, damn, I really want to have the Mega Man collection. Uh, but there's no platform that I really can own it for. Like, I, I could get the GameCube version. Excuse me. I can get the GameCube version, but I don't have any GameCube controllers. I don't want the Xbox version because it probably doesn't even work for 360. And right. the PS2 version, I, I might have to buckle down and, and like maybe try and get it because I, I didn't like the, the segmented pad, of course. But that seems to be the easiest platform for me to get it on. But I do have the Mega Man X collection for GameCube. You know, it's just weird like that. Right. So, um, yeah, I would have to say, just to conclude my first experience with Mega Man, that uh, Mega Man 2 was just, like, the best experience that I've had with Mega Man when I was a child. But Mega Man 3 was, I think, the most fulfilling, like, the most emotional Mega Man that I've played. Now, why, why do you think that is in terms of, like, um, the first the first part I wanted to get to, mm-hmm. of why Mega Man 2 was the was the most... What did you what did you term it? Uh, what the two. best? That was it. You, it was God's you said gift three, video three was the most emotional, but two was oh two was just the the best, the most exciting. Okay. Um, I think two for some reason it, it's got that that it factor. You know, uh-huh. it's that je ne sais quoi. Like it's fresh and the music was on point. The the graphics were not so like. Affected by the tech, uh, by the technical limitations of the NES, mm-hmm. and there's just a charm and a flavor in the robot bosses, the level design, and the gameplay mechanics that really make Mega Man Two. It, it it makes it like the thing that you think of when you think of Mega. Well, the thing I think of, I should say, I'd be personal mm-hmm. with it. When I think of Mega Man, the first thing I think of is Mega Man Two. Second thing I think of is Mega Man 3, and the third thing I think of is the first Mega Man. Alright. Even though you hated it at first. <laughs> I hated it at first, right. And, but I love it now. Right. So, and I, and then, and then 3, how does that factor into your, how, what about 3 factors into what you, uh, what you said about that? Uh, I believe that it's very emotional because of the interaction between Rock and Proto Man. Proto, yep. And how it's like, you know, when you, when I first played Proto Man, I first played Proto Man, yay. When I first played Mega Man 3, I had no idea who this guy was. And I'm like, what the fuck? He moves like, just like me. And he's like, you know, shooting and all this stuff. And I, I really felt like that that was a rival and that this, this guy, you know, he's impersonating me and I need to take care of this piece of shit. (laughs) And then you come to find out in the end, that he saves your ass. He saves you, and that was just like, that was kind of emotional, you know, as a kid. Right. And I think that that meant a lot, like, in terms of how I viewed Proto Man and how I suddenly, like, liked Proto Man a lot Right. when I first finished Mega Man 3. And you don't get that, and I know I'm stepping out of the series for a bit, but you don't get that with Zero in Mega Man X. Zero's a Actually, cool you know what? I do, but really? it took, I think it, it was like Mega Man 4, uh, Mega Man X4, or X3, because um, in X3 or X4, Zero actually like sacrifices himself for you. 
Oh yeah, I I I know I've heard that, and I've and he has had some sacrificial moments in one as well. Right. Um. But I, I what I mean is like, I the re- I guess the reason why I don't get that is because of you know from the outset it's like all right zero is your buddy buddy you know something's gonna happen. Whereas with Proto Man it's like you don't know what's going on. You've been fighting him this whole time. It's c- this this is gonna sound stupid, but it's kind of like oh Luke I am your father. What? Oh, but wait. You know what? There is a Luke, I am your father uh, moment in Mega Man X with Zero. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I mean, I don't know how much of Mega Man X you've played. Well, well, my point, my point is that Zero, at least in the first Mega Man X, never starts out as someone that you are competing against and and think that you need to take down. True. So there's less of a turn when something happens. There's less well, of a turn. Well, if you think about it like this. The turn that occurs with X and Zero is the opposite of the turn that occurs right. with Right, yeah, and I, and I know that one. I definitely know that one. But, I, I mean, what I'm specifically talking about is that moment in 3 where you find out something and that hits you versus there is no moment in Mega Man X1. There may be something down no, the line. No, well, not in X1, but, in, right. you, but you're talking about Mega Man 3 versus... Oh, you're talking about I'm just talking the about appearance of the character and yeah, the occurrence of something in the same game. I'm talking about that moment. Like, I never get... It, it's never the same... It's kind. Of, I don't know. It, it just. It just doesn't feel the same to me. You know, especially since you know X. The X series went long running and convoluted and all that stuff. You know what I mean? But it, it never quite felt the same to me, especially with the limitations of not not even the limitations of the NES, but the way that they handled it. Because you know, th- this this was this was before people started putting a lot of cutscenes in. Maybe Ninja Gaiden was the only one to do it, right? This yeah. was before they had all this text, and maybe there were some lines of text in there. But like, this is all kind of like silent acting. It's it's the way. Yeah, there's that no me- text or right. dialogue in the Mega Man games. Right. It's the way that um, and I and I guess this goes into why I like Mega Man Three so much. But it's the way that kind of the Metroid games, because you're so alone. Why the first two game, why the first two Metroid Prime games, and all the Super Nintendo and NES games, not even the NES game because that's too, a little bit too chipper because of the music. <laughs> um, well, the opening music, like the that feeling of of desolation and kind of loneliness that kind of permeates throughout those games. I felt that coming from Mega Man Three for some reason. I, I don't think anybody else has ever. I think people would look at me crazy if I said that to their face. Um, but that's just the way that I felt about Three. And when you get this sense of like, you know, I'm not alone. I'm really not alone. I, you know, this this guy that I've been fighting is actually on my side. And in in, in X, you know, even though, like and and again, like all there's so many games in which you're you can make a case for well, you're not alone because of A, B, and C, or well, you're also alone in that game because of A, B, and C. I know there's certain reasons out there, but it's it's the way like you said about two with the Je ne sais quoi. It's it's the way that three just comes together that I don't think has been replicated in any other Mega Man game that makes that one my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. You were talking about Proto Man, and we totally went into something <laughs> different. Keep keep going with that thought, and I'll get to what I'm. I'll get to the rest of what I'm saying about this part later. I don't know. I I, I was just talking about how um, that was an emotional event for me as a as a child. That right. Um, you know the the turning around and realizing that Proto Man is actually on your side, uh, but without the necessary details to understand why, because there's no dialogue in the game. And there's really no explanation as to, like, why. I mean, we come up with our our own kind of um, determinations, and right. maybe Capcom has provided an official explanation, but right. 
you know, what comes to my mind is Breakman was actually just Proto Man reprogrammed and somehow Proto Man uh you know, before he well, before you start calling him Proto Man. Right. He um was essentially like awakened or he kind of snapped out of his reprogramming and then it was like oh shit you know this is my friend is my brother Uh, let me save him but you can't really tell that from the game because right it's It's interpretive it's interpretive it's all interpreted yes um so that's pretty much uh my explanation on the earlier Mega Man games because you know four five and six I ain't got much to say about them yeah, but I did play through them. I, I just really need to kind of have a, a Mega Man fest type of thing where I go through all the Mega Mans and really kind of put it all into perspective. That's right. that's technically one through ten at this point, which is you know seven. Uh, well, seven is weird in and of itself, based in trouble and eight yeah. on PlayStation. I don't even want to begin. Like, that's when Mega Man <laughs> games started becoming a little too difficult for their own good. It was like, you know, this game is on PlayStation. It's not supposed to be that. It's not supposed to be hard. Like yeah, I heard that. I heard the Game Boy Advance ones were really hard. Like, the, oh. the, X, the, the Zero games, at least. Oh, Mega Man Zero was incredibly hard. Like, I have Mega Man Zero, and it took me a while to finish that. And I decided not to get 2 and 3 because <laughs> they were, like, extremely hard. But, you know, they're coming out with the Mega Man Zero collection on DS, and guess who's going to get it? Me! God, good job. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I. I guess. I guess to go back to. Uh, or were you. Were you done with that thought? I'm done. Yeah. What I was. You know. That. That thing about. A lot of people. Um. Swear by Mega Man Two as the pinnacle, and yeah. I can see why. But I've. You know. As much as I was like, I got a kick out of Mega Man Two. It was the pinnacle at the time that I played it. But then when I played three and got all the way through it and saw what it had to offer, I was just like. There, there is absolutely no way that I can say with a straight face that Mega Man 2 is better on all fronts than Mega Man 3. Like, I like the music better. I like the gameplay better. I like the boss designs better. I like the level designs better. I like the graphics better. Everything about Mega Man 3, to me, is just so, you know, it's, you, Mega Man 2 just can't touch it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, with the exception of one thing, the charm. Because there's, there's less charm in Mega Man 3 and more... I guess to to use to borrow your description, more emotion in it. Um, I always, like I was saying before, I always felt that it it was there was something about it that gave you this feeling of desolation, of loneliness, and 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 a, a little bit fear. In fact, um, I think one of the one of the most I don't want to say fearful, but one of the most like kind of. Um, striking moments for me that, that, that kind of made me feel that, oh, this game is actually a little bit scary, which is it's not, but, you know. Give me, mm-hmm. humor me here. I'm, um, I'm humoring you. I'm also the audience, please. Um, was when you got into the last Dr. Wily stages and the, it was this kind of, the music that was playing was this, re- it was just looping over and over again, this really like kind of quasi-ominous riff mm-hmm. that was playing and there, there was no kind of it, it. It, it almost echoes the same kind of feeling that you get from the purple stages in Mega Man Two, if you know, if you remember what I'm talking about, like in um in Doctor Wily's Castle when 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 they it start. Okay, the first one is bronze actually colored, bronze colored. When the fish start jumping out at you, 
Yeah. And it, it almost echoes that type of mood with the music, but it's even more so. Just not even just like ominous, but st- flat out like, um, flat out like I don't fucking want to be here. <laughs> um, it's funny because like my friend Matthew, when he said he first got to that stage, he was just like, <laughs> first thing I went through my mind was mommy, which you know he was exaggerating, but you know it's mm-hmm. that kind of kind of feeling. Um, you know, well, I will keep repeating this until the day I die. But I got that real realistic feeling, you know, that mommy feeling. First time I ever reached a, a level four stage in Super Mario Bros. In Mario, yeah, yeah, I remember you telling me that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's something like that. But I, I don't know what it, I don't know what it, it, what else I could, you know, how else I could articulate it. Um, it. It's very, like you said, it's very kind of like I don't know what it is about it. Um, but I felt that there was a purity. Well, this applies to actually all the first three, which which is why I don't necessarily like the later ones until you get back to nine, is that there's a certain purity about it. Mm-hmm. That, that's very kind of unadulterated 2D platforming gameplay and technique. And, you know, yes, I know you can't shoot up. Get over it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't understand what the whole... Uh, I guess schism with shooting up is it doesn't really matter to me. It's a different game. It is not Contra. Contra is great for its own reasons. This is great for its own reasons. But um, just like I, th- I think the first thing that really struck me was that, and this is a, a byproduct of the fact that up until my high school years and later, I in college, I never played Mega Man Two on hard. Mm-hmm. I always played. I, it on I never normal. really played it on hard either. Um, and it became, and, and case in point, it became much more satisfying of a game when I actually, and this is this actually speaks volume because Mega Man 2 in and of itself was already a satisfying game. Mm-hmm. But when I put it on hard, it became that much better. And that was my first experience, because Mega Man 3, they totally like, so Mega Man 1 was ass hard, but it was hard for, for I think, for cheaper reasons than 2 and 3's normal modes were. 3 didn't have a hard mode. I should say two's normal mode and three. I was right. just trying to fit it into one sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and you know what I mean? It wasn't for, for necessarily cheap, super cheap reasons. Yeah, one, well, the, one, yeah, one was, was hard because just technical limitations made it hard. And it was and... also unrefined. Hmm? It was unrefined. Yes. Um, it was their so, first effort. Right, exactly. <laughs> we, we could forgive them for it. That's why, Granted, I, have Mega, that's why uh, I have Mega Man powered up. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, granted, um, their first effort also provided some uh, assistance for you when fighting the Rock Man. Uh, yeah, you <laughs> shoot yeah. him with the uh, electricity and just keep pausing on pausing, pausing on pausing. You beat him, yay! That's so re- you know what that's reminiscent of the Blaster Master cheat. Oh yes, the Blaster Master cheat. Where you shoot the grenade and you pause on yep. pause, pause on pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't even have to pause on pause. You can just click on pause because the animation is what does it. Like it's uh, flick, it's flickering and it's it's still and animating. It's, it's just hitting them over well, and over. You might be, you know what you might be right. I can't remember p- correctly, but like that's I think it's that that's how it works. Because mm-hmm. I could have sworn that. But anyway, yeah, that is funny. Um, but yeah, the, it was you know two refined it and made it just this kind of like great product, and that's why two was so great for me. But then when three came along, I think what it did was when it added the slide. It added such a technical level of you know gameplay to it. I think where where two was straight up you know two had a lot of technique to it certainly, but a, a lot mm-hmm. of it was straight up you know shooting, jumping, and running, and, and and just being quick on your feet, 
and 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 having thunder thumbs and whatever. And I know that sounds retarded. <laughs> thunder thumbs. Thunder thumbs. But then three was like, oh, guess what? We have this slide thing in here, and now it's like the slide the, because of the way that the slide works. It's you know it automatically propels you. Like you can't. It's not. It's not a crouch. Right, it it's, right. it's it moves you, it propels you, so you have to be careful in how you use it. If you you start getting good, you can like slide left and right and left and right and stay in one place. If you're insane like that, right? Um, little things like, do you remember those uh, those enemies that you had to shoot in the eye and that they were throwing like balls and chains at you? Like they would they would swing. Yeah, it over they're their all head over then, the place. They, right. they were the uh, the bitchiest bitches to fight in Mega Man One and Two. Right. Um, wait, I don't remember them being in two. Um. The hoppers, the hopping things you're talking about? No. No, 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 no. The, the the green guys that had this ball and chain that they were twirling above their head, and then they would toss it at you. Oh, those guys. Okay. And you'd have to slide under the chains. Yes. You know, because you couldn't even duck in the first Mega Man games, so it was like they they never really designed anything for you to kind of use that kind of technique for. Mm-hmm. And now that you have the slide, it's like, oh, guess what? You, you know, people first they started out there like, all right, I'm gonna shoot him in the eye for like two seconds, and then climb down the ladder, let him throw that thing, and then climb back up. And then you discover, no, no, I can actually slide under this thing. I just have to be really careful. Um, that added some things to it. Um, the, the kind of revival of the Mega Man 2 bosses in those, uh, in those pods. In oh, those, yes. Those that shells. was very epic. That was freaking awesome. Uh, and then you weren't done there. You had to go back. Like It was the fact that you revisited those stages, and now they're all different. It's kind of like that Eternal Darkness effect where it's like, this is the same place, but it's not. Right. Um, that just fascinated me so much. Uh, there was that, and then after that, you still had to go after Dr. Wily, uh, and all his castle levels were just, you know, like, not hard as hell, but pretty pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just heard myself on your mic. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't know. I could be wrong. But... Um, I don't know the the and the the music, God, the, the music was awesome in Mega Man Two, but there was there was a level of complexity to the music in Three that sucked me in even more. I mm-hmm. I, I I will say that from a mainstream perspective, no, the tunes are not quite as memorable, though to me they are. But I can understand that, like you know, from a catchiness perspective, they aren't. It, it's not quite at the level that Mega Man Two was. But just from you know a composition perspective, like hands down, like three has the best soundtrack of all the Mega Man games, in my opinion. You know, I would have to um, agree. And it's you know, and it, it's not entirely recognizable. I understand that it's it's not something that you can catch on right away. And people are like, no, don't you remember all this shit from two? And and like you know, they'll they'll rattle off like the riff that you that you remember from two. And it's like, yeah, you know, you're right. But I feel like I feel like there's more complex. And this is not to say that more complex is necessarily better, but there's more complexity in three. For the benefit of the soundtrack, in my opinion, um, and then when you get to four, the first thing that I—it's really odd uh, for a lot of video games that I like or hate—and I think this is purely coincidental. But the first thing that I know is sometimes is is like the music for Final Fantasy VIII. Like I kind of didn't like the overworld theme, and that kind of tainted my view for it for the for the first part of it until I got over it mm-hmm. before I hated it again. You know, it's funny. I I didn't like the uh the the like marching tune in the opening, you know that when you first turn it on and it's going through the um, yeah I, I didn't like that I was just like uh, okay this isn't Final Fantasy <laughs> it's not, not it's not even that it wasn't Final Fantasy because I actually think it was it was just bad Final Fantasy like I hate that song I, yeah. I should say I'm 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 
I'm reacting off of your reaction. I don't really hate that song. I'm not <laughs> I, but uh, yeah, I don't. I, now that I think about it, I don't like it. But and and like in Mega Man Four, I think it was um, is it Skullman stage? The music for Skullman stage. If like you listen to it, it just sounds so. It gets to a point, and and this is this is perhaps uh, um, a reflection on how how commoditized Mega Man was becoming, kind of like Guitar Hero. But it sounded so typical Mega Man. Stock. <laughs> stock Mega Man. That's a great phrase. It sounded so stock Mega Man. I'm listening to them just like. This, I've heard this before in Dr. Wily's stage in Mega Man 2, and I've heard it before done better. It, it, like, I don't want to listen to this. It sounds so generic, so like typical at this point. You know, the, the one's music was good, two changed it up and, and made it all like you know catchy and, 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 and memorable and, and, and even happy. A lot of it was kind of happy sounding, even though it was in minor key. And then mm-hmm. three just kind of threw that out of the water and made it like you know complex and whatever. And it still retained the same vibe. And it ma- those three games managed to retain the same vibe without seeming the same. And four comes in and says, "Hey, we're gonna add in the Mega Buster. That's gonna make it totally different." And from a gameplay perspective, maybe it did, but it didn't feel different. It just felt like tacked on. It felt like great. This is basically the same thing we've seen, except it's been done better before. The same thing with the music, and that kind of carried over. Where, where you know, had I not heard the music, no, that wouldn't have provided a different result. But it's just odd how it's like, I hear the music, it sounds the same, it sounds like it's been done before, it's been done before better. Oh, look, here's the gameplay. It looks the same, it looks like it's been done before, but done before, done the four. What am I saying? <laughs> it's, been, it's been done before, and it's been done better. It's just odd how that followed suit. Um, you know what, I didn't even go through my first experience with Mega Man like you did. So I, 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 my first experience was we rented it from a, a Blockbuster or something, or, or an RKO video, remember when those existed? Mm-hmm. Um, and we played through Woodman stage first, and we had no idea what we were doing. Um, and we thought that the the Metal Blade, we played through Metal, metal Man stage eventually, and we beat him, and we got the Metal Blade, and we're like, oh, um, you know, Lumberjack saw wood. A Metal Blade should cut through wood, so let's try that. And you know what happens when you shoot Woodman with the Metal Blade. Yep. It just bounces right off his, uh, his ass, and it's just like, what? That doesn't make much sense. <laughs> um... But yeah, that was the first, and then my first experience with the first Mega Man was just kind of like, it wasn't quite the same amount of hatred that you got, but it was like, I don't want to play this, because I've played something better, mm-hmm. and I don't care about this game. And, you know, that's a big mistake, because, you know, I played through, I eventually played through one, and I'm like, okay, this is a flawed, but good game. It's worth trying, it's worth playing through to see the series' roots, and to see how it's come along, and because there's also good platforming in it. But, I, I, I gotta be honest with you, I would have trouble... If I'm sitting there at my desk going, I want to go through a Mega Man history, and I want to go all the way from 1 to 9, I, I kind of would have to drop Mega Man 1 in the middle and just be like, i got to play 2 and 3. I, I can't sit through this anymore. Not because it's bad, but just because 2 and 3 give you, gives me so much more joy than does 1. One, mm. gives me, 1 gives me that, this is a good video game vibe. 2 and 3 just give me joy. You know, 4 reverts back to that, this is a decent video game vibe. Not it's you know I don't dislike four, but there's just something generic about it. Like I said, I don't dislike it, but you know it gives me okay. And then you get into five, and it's just like ah uh, more. And then you get to si- which one was Centaur Man in? Uh, Centaur Man I think was in five. And then six had like Yamato Man, and and there was some website that was just basically calling him Empire Man. That was like Yamato in Japanese means empire, so you are basically calling him Empire Man. Pretty much. <laughs> it's just like what. Um, 
so there, there was that. Uh, and then I think that's why I like 9 so much, because I feel that 9 regains that level of skill and that level of purity to the gameplay where it like teaches you what you need to do, and then it throws you in the fire. Yep, yep. Like, yep. you know, and, and I think we discussed that before already when we did What You've Been Playing with Mega Man games. But so. I think that they, the thing about Mega Man 9 is that there is such a high bar of just just super difficulty hmm. associated with the level design. Whereas in, in Mega Man 1, 2, and 3, they weren't really so tough in the stages as they were... With the enemies and the bosses? The enemies and the bosses, and everything was balanced. And I think that with 9, the the, the design is very top-heavy on the level design. And then when you get to the boss, if you actually make it to the boss, uh, I think that it's manageable, more manageable to defeat a robot master than it is to actually get through the stage to get to the robot master and not. Interesting. I I don't know that I that that that's a very interesting uh, thought. I'll have to look out for that. I don't necessarily agree, mm-hmm. but I could I I can see where you're going with that. Now, this is coming from somebody who's only beaten two of the eight robot masters in nine. Ah, okay. And I've gone through every <laughs> single stage, but I can't get to the other robot masters. Some of them get really fucking hard, dude. Trust me, they get hard. Like, yeah. I'm talking about the robot masters, not just not the uh. Not just not the, the, stage. the stages. I can, the stages are always hard. I, I I agree with that. But there's some robot masters that are fucking ass hard. And if you don't have the right weapon, like in Mega Man Two, if you if you you could beat everybody with the Mega Buster. Mega Man Three yeah. slightly harder, but you could still you get could. it done if you were good enough. Which I am not. Nine, you have to be like super good to do it. Like I'm <laughs> sure it can be done, but once you're past Concrete Man and Splash Woman and maybe Tornado Man, the rest of them just get fucking ridiculous and it's it's like you know oh no 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 wait wait there's um who i don't know i can't remember his name so i'm just gonna make it up that ufo man i don't know the guy, oh, the, the um, guy in space yeah i don't remember yeah that guy like he's manageable with the mega buster but i can't even like, get through his stage oh my god jewel man is 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 fucking insane um hornet man is is a bitch <laughs> uh with with the, with the with the mega buster it's just whoa, oh my god but and I think I, I guess why I, why I'm disagreeing with you on the level design is because yes, it's totally difficult, but for me the way in which they teach you how to beat it, I feel eventually becomes manageable. Whereas with the bosses, in any boss in any Mega Man game, there's no opportunity to teach you because you know it's one shot. It's a boss. You're right there. They 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 don't have any way to tell you throughout the level. Hey, this is what the boss is going to do. This right. is what you should try to practice. So once you get in there, you're just like, oh, oh, what 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 do I do? I, I, mommy, you know. And then that's it's it's done, and you're dead, and you're throwing. Yeah, the for me, by the time like I I do that, I die once, and I'd be lucky if I have a life behind it. Right. I gotta do it um, over again. Yes, exactly. That fucking stage? Turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> and then later you go back to you're like, oh, I'll give it a shot. And then you realize, wait, why did I start this again? That fucking stage? Turn it off. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like the level design's almost... This is kind of hyperbole, but I, I feel it's almost brilliant. Like, in a way that 2 was cool and, and a lot of fun, but not quite brilliant. And three kind of creeps towards that brilliance, I think, and that's why I think, I think nine shares two's purity with three's technique, if that makes any sense. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but that's how I feel, because you um, don't have you don't have the slide part of it in terms of technique, but you do have the kind of 
like the level difficulty. And like I know, I know you probably don't think that Mega Man 3's levels were as hard as as nines are. Right. I actually don't think Mega Man 3's levels are as hard as. Me- and this is just due to enemies, of course. But I don't think that three is as difficult as two on difficult. Really? Interesting. Yeah, uh, and that's that's because I. I mean, I haven't done it recently. Right. I I don't think I've done it since I was like a, a, a kid again. You know, like a teenager. I have not really played Mega Man on difficult, and I think I was so used and so adjusted to normal mode that mm-hmm. being playing on difficult was more like a shell shock than ah, more of an enjoyable okay. experience for me. Interesting. So I never really liked it. Right. Okay, but yeah, I mean, not in terms of necessarily how difficult it is, but just. Just the way that they're laid out just feels to me a, a certain way where two felt kind of straightforward and three was less straightforward. And nine is t- definitely not straightforward. Goodness gracious. You know? Um, but yeah, let, let's check the time here. Uh, I, I want to see if you have anything more to say because I'm, I'm basically out of breath. I'm always out of breath. <laughs> I'm fat. You're fat. <laughs> After that wedding, you stopped going to the gym. <laughs> I'm starting to go to the gym again. Good. Um, all right, I think that'll wrap you know, it up. Yep, go ahead. Okay, I was going to say, you know, what's funny is that I, I think I've only gained a total of five pounds since uh, the wedding. It I guess it's, it, it's more the, uh, the the internal shit, right? Yeah, my, my veins need to pump up again. Energy level and just, you know, metabolism and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's wrap this up. Uh, for, you know, Pete, you can find him on Farcebook. It's facebook.com slash R-Y-V-V-N. That's uh, rectum, your vagina, vagina, nipple. Uh, uh, <laughs> where can we find your massive hair of awesomeness? Uh, XLM2K.blogspot.com. Uh, yeah, I'll update that thing one time or another. Sure. Uh, you can find Brian Fishman, who's a friend of the site, uh, at fishy, drfishypants.com. Uh, it's all spelled out. Um, it's his blog where he talks about games and saving lives, which he will do a lot of in his future. As a doctor, um, he's more a doctor than a fish, but he is also both. He also wears pants, which is good because you don't want a doctor who walks around, you know, with a schlong hanging out. Um, and what else do we have to pimp? Oh yeah, that's right, Shark versus Octopus.com. The versus mm-hmm. is spelled out, and you have to put the www at the beginning, or it won't work for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, and yeah, send us email. Dub, uh, I was about to say www.mailbag.com, but that's not it. No, please it's, don't go there. Yeah, it is Especially mailbag. M-A-L-E, bag. Yeah. yeah, it is mailbag at trygames.net. The mail can be spelled either as the gender or the uh, thing that you put in the mailbox. M-A-I-L-B-A-G at trygames.net or M-A-L-E-B-A-B-I-A-B-A-G. Yes, that's it. Send us mail. Uh, I don't know what we'll be doing for Let's Rebooting next week, but maybe, maybe when Pete comes back, we'll be hopefully Al. I can get you to play some Lemmings. <laughs> do lemmings. Maybe. Um. Because that is the one game that apparently Pete knows anything about. Yeah. And he doesn't have to, like, refresh his memory, so. But, um, all right, that, so that, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. For Al. Yeah, I'm out. Bye. For Pete. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> I've been your host, Austin, and I'm going to do this despite Pete slash Mr. Chupon. And we're out. <laughs> All right, it's that time of the month. 